Blog Talk Radio.
judgment comes upon the law. No time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk old lies of this age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for their lust. Blinding passion, they call you to join them. Song to the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his farm. What to say, Father, except, oh my. Um, Hallelujah. Praise your holy name. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. You are the wind beneath all of our wings. And we love you. Father, we love you. Father, we love you for helping us to come to the place that where we are right now, um, which is a place I don't think that any of us ever dreamed that we would be at. Uh, we certainly, I, 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 Father, you know by looking in my heart that I never anticipated the end times events to unravel uh, or unpack whatever the right term is, as they have. Um, Father, I also never anticipated things to snowball as they have. Um, I don't, I just want to say, Father, we love you. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that every one of the listeners of this program falls absolutely in love with you. I pray, Father, that you will lead me And every one of the listeners of this program, in the name of Jesus, lead each of us to a place where we have supernatural peace that passes all understanding, a place where you reveal to each each of us, through your love, the things in our lives which we have to change so that we're as holy and righteous and beautiful as part of the bride of Jesus Christ, we hope, very deeply so, that each one of us is part of the first fruits, the first watch. Father, you're my own sister that I had a conversation with before the show to my to the detriment of the timeline. As you know, I had a conversation and we she said, Oh, I don't think I'll make you know the bride of Jesus Christ because I I'm just not that holy. And Father, you know that I quoted back to her through the I don't know, maybe through the Holy Spirit I said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his, your Father, your righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. 
we oftentimes think, and I do, that it's through our own actions, and it is to some degree, that we become holy and righteous enough to be considered to be part, if not the first fruits, hopefully the first watch, the barley harvest. We believe we don't understand. We look at ourselves and we recognize that we are not where we ought to be. We're not perfect. And we need your help. And we it's so hard for us to get our arms around the concept of being absolutely, utterly unworthy, like the tax collector in the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee. To have a contrite spirit and to know that we're not worthy. To be constantly examining ourselves, 1 Corinthians, um, praise you Jesus, 11 verses uh, 28, 31, and 32. To be constantly examining ourselves and to be in a continuous state of confession and repentance as part of our sanctification in this journey, that it, that we do know that we are unworthy, that we are just like Isaiah was, undone, absolutely, utterly undone before your glory, Father. I am undone. And I pray in the name of Jesus that every listener of this program becomes, if they aren't already, undone. Because it is, your glory is so amazing. <laughs> it is so amazing, Lord. And the things that you've shown us are so, words cannot describe. And I just want to give you praise, Father. I want to give you praise, Lord Jesus. And I want to thank you for all of the supernatural things that you've allowed to happen to me. And just ask you, Father, please, to anoint this program in the days that we have left. It doesn't seem like it's many. But it could be a while. It could be an awful long. I mean, for many of us, Father, as you know, uh, hanging in for, hanging in there for another year or so is uh, agonizing to even consider. Um, but yet, at the same time, Father, we love you, and we just we pray, please, if there is anything that is inside of us, any anything that we need to correct in our in our walk, in our course, and what and how we're serving you, how we feel in our hearts, whatever it is. If there's a part of the scripture that we need to read to be edified and understand supernaturally through the presence of the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus in us, that which needs to be changed, reveal it to us, we beseech thee, Father, please, because none of us wants to suffer the things that are about to be unleashed upon the earth and are happening so fast. It is like stand, It's like trying to get a glass of water. It's like to try to imagine what the it's father it's like trying to get a, it's just like you prophesied through Bonnie that these things would start happening so fast that you will barely be able to get a breath between the events in 2013 wow in 2013 through Bond's blog thank you father we have certainly come to that time we give you all the worship, praise, honor, glory, Father. We can only imagine what it would be like to be in front of you. And we want to be in front of you so bad. And I just pray, Father, for every single listener to this program in the name of Jesus. Please, Father, don't let any of us miss the barley harvest. Please don't let us miss because we don't understand how horrible it's going to be. We really don't. 
And I just pray in the name of Jesus, Father God, for every single person that has ever lifted me up, even by a single mention in prayer, for a tenfold anointing to fall upon them, for them to be strengthened, to understand that we are not given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind, Second Timothy 1.7. And then it, your perfect love surrounding us casts out all fear because we have our hearts and our minds stayed upon you because we trust you, Father. And you're going to make our paths straight. We want to be committed into your hands, your holy hands, Father God, into the holy hands of our Lord Jesus to be able to endure the things that are coming because we see them. And we praise you for allowing us to see them because so many millions, maybe even billions. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to get into denominations, Father, but I just praise you and I pray that you will help to open the eyes of so many more. And I thank you for showing me those who you have, some of those who you have opened their eyes to some extent. And our hearts ache and hurt and we cry out inside because we recognize that there's just no way we can't reach people. It's too much. It's just too much. If it's too much for me to get out on a radio show, Father, it's too much. It's too much for any of us to try to communicate to any one of our loved ones. And we just have to surrender and understand that getting that drink of water, that 12-ounce glass of water out from underneath Niagara Falls is maybe just a little bit too much to ask. So we turn the world over to you, Father, as we ought, and we pray that our prayers will be heard we pray that we will draw in ever so much more closer to you, Father, in an anointed presence of the Holy Spirit and Jesus in us, that we will sing to you, Lord Jesus, every morning, that we will partake of communion, use spiritual warfare, and do the things in our prayer lives that we ought, understanding that prayer is, bar none, the most powerful thing and the most important thing that each and every one of us can do. And we praise you for helping us to know that. All right, and I just got notification, and I thank you, Father, for that, that Terry Hill just got the notification that we're going to run over time, which is great. Thank you, Father, for that. I praise you for that. I praise you so much. Anyway, Father, I just, in the name of Jesus, I ask you for an anointing to come down on this radio show. Help me to get out this tiny little bit of a, you know, this trickle, this 12-ounce glass of water of Niagara Falls to the listeners of the program, understanding that I can't, I can't. It's too much. And, um, and, and I know, Lord Jesus, you told me, I, I remember that I wasn't, saved to send, I wasn't sent to save the world that you were. And I thank you for reminding me. And I pray in the name of Jesus, Father God, that you will help me to do the best that I can to help others to understand how deep we are into the end times. And my goodness gracious, are we deep into the end times. We are so deep into the book of Revelation. It's unbelievable. Father, I just want to praise your holy name and thank you for helping us to understand these things. And we do know that it could take a while. We do know that it could be several years, actually. And it's going to be hard, but it may be part of your mercy to help each and every one of us through prayer, through residing and being a part, you know, just immersed in the secret place of the Most High. Psalm 91, verse 1. Those who reside in the secret place of the Most High, those who are, we want to be that. We want to be the first watch. We want to more than anything. And if there's anything in our lives that we need to change, Father, reveal it to us. We beseech thee in the name of Jesus. Don't let us suffer. Don't let us go through the hell that the people that don't 
know these things are going to have to go through. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We praise your holy name for helping us to understand and be able to see all these things unfolding. And we pray for our fellow brothers and sisters that are out there uh, all over the world in all 195 major countries, 243 with the island nations. Father, we just pray for all of our brothers and sisters, Father, that somehow, supernaturally, you will open their eyes to the days that we are in right now and prepare their hearts. And somehow, whether it be through dreams and visions of the night, like it says uh, in this in uh, uh, Job uh, 33, uh, um, 14 and 15, Father God, what whatever method that it is required for each of our fellow brothers and sisters to awaken to the days that we are in right now and to separate themselves from the deception that is associated with the Seven Mountains mandate, folks, and all these other confusing things that are going on. Father, we just pray for your mercy upon all of them and, and, and all of them. Awaken your people, Father God, we pray in Jesus' name, and that the Tommy Hicks vision, that we are obviously a part of the first part of the Tommy Hicks vision. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that, and it seems like we are in Matthew 22 and that Wow, there's so much. And I just want to say, praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Get, let me, help me, Father, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, get at least that 12-ounce glass of end times information out tonight, okay, through your anointing. And we'll just keep on pushing through. Thank you, Jesus, until hopefully we make that first truth, first watch harvest. In Jesus' name, and now to him, our Lord Jesus, who's able to keep us from stumbling and present us someday before the presence, Father, of your awesome glory in the throne room, hallelujah, with exceeding joy. <laughs> Boy, do we need that exceeding joy right now. Thank you, Jesus. And to you, Father God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever and ever. Hallelujah. Amen.
right. Oh, boy. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know what? Um, uh, kids, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to put you on. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I feel like, okay, kids, you, all right. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, Lord God, there's so much to put out, but I don't want to leave the kids out. Let me jump over here. Thank you, Jesus. Kids, are you there? <laughs> kids, kids, how do baseball players stay cool when they play? They sit by their fans. <laughs> What do you think about that? Is that a good one or what? Come on. Give me a break. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Kids, did you hear about the monster with five legs? His trousers fit him like a glove. (laughs) Pretty funny, right? Come on, you guys. Okay. All right, kids, what do you call an elephant that doesn't matter? An elephant that doesn't matter. And irrelevant. <laughs> irrelevant? Get it? Irrelevant? Come on. Come on, somebody. What are you doing over there, Spanky? Put that sign down. You're always trying to start some kind of trouble. Praise Jesus. All right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. All right. Amen. So um, what we're going to do is uh, a little bit unusual tonight because of the limited. I have seven hours material. Okay. (laughs) I honestly do. I really do. I have about seven hours of material and I've got hardly any time to get it out and I'm going to try my best. But it looks like um, everything is in place. And when I say everything being everything is in place for our... So let's assume just for a moment by the grace of God, and it would only be through his grace and mercy that and through our desperate crying out to him that we might be found worthy to be part of the first fruits barley harvest, the first watch. Now, we could be here for three more years. We could be here for four more years. We don't know how long this is going to take. I'm just saying that, okay? However, I'm going to go into the material tonight to try my very best to share with you what I've learned. Now, many of you may have already learned it. I have discovered that some people are very fervent and smart, and they work their way through things, and sometimes they see stuff. I did have somebody I've never heard of heard from before say that the you know the, I got multiple links from this individual saying that the rapture is on March the twentieth, which I I know is not true. Um, and that's okay. I love them with all of the love of Jesus Christ. I love them with all of my heart. I get it. I, you know, for anybody who's been around and <laughs> if you've been around since 2011, when this radio show started and been listening that long, uh, you're a special kind of, you know, the Bible calls us a peculiar people and you're a special kind of peculiar people. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> Okay, kids, don't be laughing at that now. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Okay. But um, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, you know, that's how I was. I was always looking for the next opportunity to leave planet Earth. Um, you know, and the Lord had to smack me around a little, quite a bit, quite a bit, quite a bit, not a little bit, a lot, and bring me to where I am right now. And I don't even know where that is. Okay, so, uh, but I'm wherever I am. And I guess we all in our walk of sanctification are wherever we are. And, you know, if, if I think it's the tears that come out of our eyes, the fervency, the emotional overflow of serious emotions that we let loose before our Father uh, 
Because remember, King Hezekiah, if he, you know, it says in Second uh, Kings 20, verse 5, it says, I, I have seen your tears. Our Heavenly Father responds. He's, you know, our, you know Hezekiah was going to die. And our Heavenly Father said, I have seen your tears, and I will answer you. I don't think we realize how vital it is that our prayer time with the Lord is tear-filled, emotional, deeply from the heart. And, um, uh, you know, so anyway, we all need to get to that place, and we need to work very, very hard at it, and we need to be real fervent about it. In other words, it needs to become a priority. I, look, look, I might have beat around the bush in the past and said, maybe you want to set your alarm 15 minutes earlier or whatever. Listen, I'm here to tell you right now, if you don't get this together and you don't – I'm saying this because I love you. I don't want you – please do not take my admonition as any kind of a spanking or coming from anywhere else except – Imagine yourself with your little baby girl or little baby boy if you've ever had a child. If you haven't had a child, you will not relate to this. But if you have, like I have, my daughter's 32 and she works in the insurance industry. I'm 61 and I just had my birthday a couple of days ago and I'm not going to get into all that. Let's just say it didn't go quite as well as I hoped, although I did get my little Applebee's lunch with my daughter and uh, my ex-wife, Dawn, who's very kind and everything, and I unfortunately had to listen to a few things that were very, very hard to hear. But anyway, um, praise God, I guess it comes with the territory for all of us. You know, and that's and we just have to we have to be okay with it. We just have to be okay with it because, as it says in Psalm ninety one, you know we're going to see a thousand. You know, I'm totally paraphrasing, but we'll see a thousand fall to our left hand and a ten thousand to our right, and you know, and and these things are you know judgments that are coming upon the unrighteous, and we got to get past it. I mean, that's really about. It. And then God's going to lift you know assign angels to us lest we dash our foot against a stone, which really is just kind of a metaphor for saying we will have angelic protection, which by the way is captured by the last couple of words of the third seal, which is the global financial collapse, which is fully in progress right now, okay, where it says, do not harm the oil or the wine, and all these other things, because the Bible, like I've said before, is a spiritual tapestry of words of 31,102 verses, and when you rise up above the canopy, I've used this uh, metaphor a gazillion times, I don't even know how many times, I have no idea, but when you climb the ladder and you keep climbing higher and higher and higher to the light of, and and you get above the canopy of the Amazon uh, jungle, and you can finally see over Chile, and Peru, and you say, wow, look at that beautiful Pacific Ocean. When you finally get up, and guess what? You're still not even there yet. You've got to keep on climbing higher and higher, and eventually you start to get the spiritual uh, spiritual discernment, and then there's a tapestry, and you understand that the Bible verses are not just talking about our time on the earth. You understand that the Bible verses are actually talking about millions and trillions of years, millions and trillions. I don't know what the number of years are. I'm just going to say millions and trillions because I don't know, okay, of years prior to the earth's existence as well as all of eternity, okay? And so then everything just fits together so unbelievably well, and there's no more of this weirdness that you see in churchianity where they have to use dispensationalism and say absolutely ridiculous things like, well, Jesus was talking to the Jews, so that doesn't apply to us. We only, you know, and all that kind of stuff, and I'm not going to get into it. I'm not, you know, I don't have time. I just don't have time. So anyway, all that being saying, praise Jesus, hallelujah. Um, uh, I do want to say this. Um, it's a, it's an awful good thing that I, I, you know, I decided to take off on the Friday night prayer for my birthday because I wanted to have a birthday weekend and actually kind of try to like enjoy my birthday and unwind a little bit, try to get past a little bit of the stress that I'm dealing with at work and all that other stuff, which 
seems to be getting worse, but but it's better. You know what happened? God is fascinating. He's very awesome, and he tests us. And if we pass the test, even if it's a mini test, he'll bless us. Well, anyway, long story short, uh, my boss started. He got back off of a week of vacation. He was in the Caribbean doing a little, you know, taking his family and going here and there and everywhere. Well, he gets back and he starts to look at his emails. Of course, they're probably overflowing like crazy, and he's he's starting to worry about the job that I'm assigned to, and he starts texting me like crazy, and I'm like, I'm sitting there, and it's like 9 o'clock in the morning, Sunday, and I'm like thinking to myself, okay, i got to put this out. So then I tell him to call me. So we're having this conversation for like an hour, and I'm telling him everything is just fine. Tell me about your trip in the Caribbean, to Caribbean. You know, I think, you know, but I wanted to put his mind at ease. You know, and of course, he always responds back, oh, everything's just fine. I think you're misreading things. And I'm like, no, I'm not misreading things. I know how it works. So anyway, but he's a really cool guy, and I really like him. And uh, the opportunity to be able to talk to him on the phone this morning and put his mind at ease was a blessing to me because it put my mind at ease. And I also was able to talk to him a little bit about some of the other um, high friction events that are going to be happening on Monday, which, of course, is going to be very hard for me to go through. Now, all that being said. And then I had, um, a, you know, the Edison Insurance Company hit me. They dinged me for two valves, even though I passed a four-point inspection to switch my insurance, homeowners insurance, which, by the way, is the number one reason why people lose their homes in Florida, is because their homeowners insurance gets jacked up so high that their that their mortgage payment goes from 1,024 a month to 3,500 a month, and then of course they get foreclosed on. That's the number one reason why people in Florida lose their houses. So I tried to stay ahead of it. God blessed me, but anyway, this Edison Company. They didn't like this green tinting, the coloration on these copper fixtures. Well, I call my plumber over, and they, they took several days to make it over, but this is the Pentecostal pastor I told you about that fixed my hot water heater pipes. Well, anyway, while it was leaking, all that kind of stuff. So he's wonderful and everything. So he comes over with his son, and he's like, oh, no, you've got Edison? He said, I am so sorry to tell you this, but we cannot clean even though you can buy $6.97 spray that you spray right on the uh, valves, okay, and all the green just goes away. It magically goes away, and everything turns into shiny, brand-new copper. Well, if I'd have known that, I would have sprayed the $6. Yeah, I would have done it you know, before the four-point inspection so that when the photographs were taken and they went to the underwriter, um, everything would have been fine. Well, instead of that happening, the underwriter – as mean and snarky, obvious. I'm not real happy, but anyways, it's water under bridge, what you know, 12 ounce cup under Niagara Falls. Um, so anyway, he comes and he says, "Oh, you have them." He's like, "I, I gotta warn you, my, you know, brother, I gotta warn you." He goes, "They don't, they don't take halfway." Okay, we're going to have to change out all these apps. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, great. So I could have sprayed $6.97 worth of spray on it before the four-point inspection. But now they saw the green coloration, which is absolutely normal and doesn't indicate any kind of a failure in the valve at all. But $1,250 later, I have new valves. Okay, so now I'm I'm just, you know, by the end of Friday, and by the way, this is all like emergency stuff that's going on while I'm trying to do my job, and there's things are blowing up on the job. I've got this uh, other department that's freaking out because something's going south, and they want me to help them, but I'm not in that department, and everything is just absolute craziness. So anyway, by the time everything settled down and the plumber left and blah, 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 and all the other things were – all the other fires were put out Friday night, I was wrecked. 
<laughs> okay? So praise you, Jesus, I didn't try to do the prayer vigil because I probably just would have, like, flipped out and fallen, flapped around on the ground like a fish with a microphone on my chest, you know, because it was just unbelievable. It was like, you know, when it rains, it pours. Forget that noise, man. When it rains... When it rains in the Johnny house, <laughs> it's a monsoon. Okay, so basically the best I can do is use a sound effect. This is basically how my uh, Friday evening went. Thank you, Jesus. Happy birthday to me. Okay. How? How much was that, Bill? 1,250. What? Oh, Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, okay, so anyway, now that I got that off my chest, um, and if you understood, and if, look, if you say that I'm talking too fast and you don't understand what I'm saying, I'm saying that you're listening too slow, so you need to pick it up a notch, okay? Isn't that, okay, you understand what I'm saying? Right, kids, they all need to start listening a little faster. Okay. Hallelujah. All right, praise God. So anyway, we're going to go ahead and move right into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, wrong. It's not normal. This is disturbing. <laughs> Game over. Okay, so let's see, how do I do this? I could just start going through the news. Yeah, I, I don't know. Let me take a look. Hold on. Double-click on the link, bring it down here. Did you know? Okay, first I'm going to start out with this. Uh-oh. Okay, there we go. Did you know that uh, if you go to Amazon.com, you can buy for $18.44, you can buy 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating like graphene oxide, like they've been injecting into all of us. I mean, you know, to those who have taken the Pfizer vax, which is like yeah, unbelievable. Also, I sadly found out um, what actually happened with Pizzagate, uh, three police officers. I, 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 They did such a, a phenomenal satanic job covering that up that um, – I didn't know I, I you know, I I gotta work for a living. I, I you know, and do the radio show and all my altruistic helping people out stuff that I do and you know all that kind of stuff. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So uh, but anyway, yeah, graphene nano spray coating, next level carbon polymer protection enhances gloss gloss and depth. Um wowie, 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 wow. So anyway, and so the graphene oxide, so how do I put this? Okay, so I wonder if I can use 10 minutes of this time to try. I'm trying. It's so much information, folks. It's, so, it's like five radio shows, okay? I'm going to try. Okay, so I'm going to try this. Father, in the name of Jesus, please, through the presence of the Holy Spirit, and through the presence of Christ in me, please, Father, help me to be able to stitch together the tapestry of what is happening worldwide. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay. Here it goes. I'm going to try. It's really, really hard. And you might already know it. 
Okay. So while we we all know that Satan Satan's army, the global satanic crime syndicate, uses sleight of hand and they say, Look over here. And when we're looking over there, they're doing fifty gazillion things, you know. And as a matter of fact, let me see if I can find this. I don't know if I can, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. Um I'm gonna I wanna play this for you. If I can, I may not be able to. Yeah, it's a poem. Here it is. God just brought me to it. I'm going to try to play this for you. Listen to this poem, okay? For wars in the name of the free, vaccinations for illness that will never be, the assault on your children's impressionable minds, and the microchipped world. You'll put up no fight. Microchip world, you'll put up no fight. Suppression will keep you in tone. Depopulation of peasants was always our goal. But eugenics was not what we hoped it would be. Oh, yeah. It was us that funded Nazis. But as long as we own all the media, too, what's really happening does not concern you. So just go on watching your plasma TV. And the world will be run by the ones you can't see. So just go on and watch your plasma TV, and the world will be run by those you can't see. That little poem that was read by this unknown individual who I really don't care who he is, is 15 years old. Anyway, so what's been happening is even though there are governors in the United States, see, people who live in the United States, Americans, are very self-centered. So when I talk to other people in the United States that are Christians, all they see is their world, their little 50-mile radius. Okay, and it's impossible truly impossible, verily, verily, I say unto you, it is truly impossible to talk to one of them and to bring them up to speed because the analogy that I try to use is, hey, I look at things from the International Space Station down on the spherical planet Earth. Anyway, and so I'm trying to weave, because I know the Bible, and I've said this for 12 years, that the Bible is an understatement. And that it is the Bible was written for all 8 billion people on the earth, all 195 major nations. Maybe that number has changed lately. I don't know. Who knows? And some and some of the uh, information on the Internet indicates 243 when you include the island nations, many of which are provinces of other countries. But anyway, um, so. When you look at things from a global perspective, which is precisely how the Bible was written, because the Bride of Jesus Christ is worldwide, and the end times events are going to be worldwide. When you look at those kinds of things, and and you might say, well, you know, gee whiz, what about the people that are expats and they move to Panama, and are they going to be okay and everything? Well, there's a lady, her name was Trudy, and back in 20. 10, I think it was, her children were having dreams, and she sent them to me, and I tried to publish them on 
tribulation-now.org. And the dreams, her, her, her children were raised amidst the body of Jesus Christ. They were extremely Holy Spirit-filled. And they were receiving dreams and visions of the end times. And they saw... UFOs flying in formation over countries all over the world and using laser beams to slaughter and burn to death all of the people in the other countries. So people think they move to Panama or they think they're moving to Bora Bora or whatever and they're going to be safe, you know, because they want to get out of Babylon or whatever because they don't understand that's metaphorical. They think that they're like, hey, I'm not in the United States, so everything's going to be cool. No, it's not. They're going to bring down alien spaceships and they're going to move in formations and they're going to kill you you and your kids that's why uh, you know it, there is no escape there's no place on the earth that anybody can hide okay when these fallen angelic beings are sent down here these are real this is real stuff these aren't demons these aren't interdimensional this is real stuff it's real so when God says in Isaiah 13 and Joel 2 that these things are coming down, when, when, when the fig tree is shaking like a mighty wind, you know, the stars fall from the sky like a fig tree is shaking by a mighty wind. When you see in Revelation 12, the dragon, you know, brings down, you know, a third of his, you know, and, and they're cast out of heaven and, you know, there's no place found for them in heaven, you know, anymore. And they're cast down to the earth. That's the day of the Lord. That's the beginning of the great tribulation. So anyway, um, but it's going to be real, real horribly bad. It's so bad that I don't really think and it's not. You can't vocalize it. Cannot describe to you how horrible. I used to say things like, "Well, watch the movie Stephen King, The Mist," right? To get your to, to just maybe get a tiny little nanoparticle of information of how horrible the Great Tribulation is going to be, and God help the Tribulation Saints. I mean, oh my goodness! And if Brother Larry, who Talk, who's in heaven now, who talked to me about when we're taken up to heaven for the marriage supper of the Lamb. I don't know if it's before the supper. I think it's after the supper. According to him, he said they, whoever they are in heaven, will take us into another room. And he told this to me for real. He's been in heaven so many times. I don't. He, he couldn't even tell me how many times. And he said um, that they'll take us into another room and they will ask us, do you want to go into eternal rest or – you know, in other words, go to your, your mansion, or do you want to go on a mission? And, he, and he's like, he would talk with kind of like a high voice. I, I love the guy. And he, it was like, I'm sitting alone in my, my living room when he's telling me this. And he's like, John, you need to take the mission, John. You need to take the mission. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> having no idea what the mission was. So evidently the two witnesses it's a metaphor for a subset of the bride of Jesus Christ being sent back down to the earth using the holy fire of God as a weapon, which is why they should fire out of their mouths for 3.5 years, time, times half a time, 1,260, you know, all that kind of stuff. Okay, so that's my personal understanding through Larry, who was taken to heaven many times, and we had hours and hours and hours of phone calls. So my understanding, maybe, maybe it's wrong. Maybe maybe Larry was not me. I don't know. You know, I'm just sharing it with you. You know, my understanding is that the, a subset of the Bride of Jesus Christ will be given an opportunity to accept a mission to go down and help the tribulation saints with the power of the holy fire of God. And it will be real war on earth. It will be transformed saints of the Lord Jesus Christ on the earth 
reason why it's the olive tree and the lampstand is it's both the Jew and the Gentiles, because the Jew and Gentiles are made into one because of the middle wall of separation in Ephesians 2.11, 2.9, 10.11, right there. The middle wall of separation is taken away, and two are made into one, Jew and a Gentile, which, you know, anyway. Lampstand, olive tree, three, you know, 3.5 years of fire shooting out of their mouths. It's not two bearded Hebrews, like the Apocrypha says, standing on a street corner in Tel Aviv while an Abram stank shoots, you know, and no. And if there are two bearded Hebrews, look, I, if I had a dime for every single time somebody that is, uh, quote, a prophet, end quote, said that the two witnesses are on the earth right now, Holy moly, I'd be living up. I'd be living a good life. I'd have I would have a 40-foot wooden yacht sitting off of St. Martin right now doing the radio show from a laptop. You know, and and, and you know, connected to you know, Elon Musk Starlink or something. But anyway, praise God, thank you Jesus. I want to share with you as much as I can because there's so much information. I know Terry's calling in in 30 minutes. So I'm just going to move through this and do the best. You may have to download this as an MP3. Okay, so I don't know how you listen. I don't know if it's in a podcast or whatever. Try to figure it out. See if you can download it as MP3 because I got to dump out a fantastic amount of information. First things first, I'm going to go ahead and play this. This this is about uh, central bank digital currencies. The, oh, and by the way, just so you know, they need the forces of darkness. So when I use the they word, I'm referring to the World Economic Forum. I'm referring to the Global Satanic Crime Syndicate. Okay? And they are – it's a lot of people. Okay, and they want us to murder ourselves. They want the French to revolt. They want civil war in the United States. They want – that's why they come out and they say, we're going to take away large magazines from AR-14s. What, what, what happened? Every single Christian in the United States of America is running to a store and buys five more guns and uh, ten you know, huge crates of, of ammunition, and they take it back to their house because they think somehow that's a godly thing to do, which, of course, a lot of them are going to end up in hell because you can't shoot your way into heaven. You can't. You cannot murder your way into heaven because you have fear in your heart that somebody's going to come in and take your precious, uh, you know, ramen noodles from you. Sorry, it doesn't work like that. We are to carry our cross to Golgotha. We are to die as Jesus Christ, if necessary. And, of course, while we're hoping that we're going to get rescued through the rapture or one of the iterations of the rapture. But we need to be focused on the first iteration, which is the first watch, which is captured in Luke 12, 35, 36, 37. Okay, I was just reading. Oh, God. Like I said, this is seven hours of radio show. All right. So anyway, um, I'm going to try to cram it in. But I want you to know that they have to systematically collapse the banking system across the world. All these things are happening at the same time, by the way. They're doing end-arounds. The, Saint, the Satanists are doing end-arounds of the United States governors. Okay, so DeSantis, good, bad, ugly, or indifferent, whatever you think of them, I don't want to get involved in all that noise. I think he's a pretty good guy. I live here in Florida, but I'm not going to get involved in all that noise because right now there's a fight going on in the Internet because there's all these people. Trump's getting arrested. Uh, he's going to be officially arrested because of how crooked Soros is, and he's paying off uh, this this particular district in New York, and they're making a mountain out of a molehill because they want to try to use it to keep him from running for the presidency. But Elon Musk and everybody else under the sun are out there telling everybody this is just going to solidify the pres presidency for him. So it's going to backfire on Soros, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Never mind, it's already passed the seven-year limitations and blah, 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 you know, statute of limitations and everything else under the sun. But it's a feeble attempt of the Satanists and the baby killers to 
you know, take Donald Trump out of the running. Now, I have voiced my disagreement with how Trump acts like a three-year-old and calls DeSantis names and all that kind of stuff. That is just unnecessary. And, and unfortunately, I, I don't like that. But I will say that in all of my research that I have done with, on Donald Trump, which is vast, I have not been able to <clears> – <throat> I have not been able to – I found things that he said that were not okay, but I've never been able to equate him. I know a lot of Christians do this. I get it. I get it because once your eyes are open and you start seeing saint, it be, and, and all the satanic things happening around the world and all of the conspiracy theories that are came true, your first knee-jerk reaction, which by the way, the Global Satanic Crime Syndicate is hoping this will happen because they've done what's called counterintelligence. Counter intel, what that is, is they put out false narratives to trick the Christians that are just now beginning to wake up and make them think the earth is flat or make them think something else or make them think that. And then they make you, make, they make you look like a goof nut. And then you lose credibility. And I'm sorry, but if somebody out there really believes with all their heart the earth is flat, I'm not picking on you. I love you. I love you. I'm doing this radio show because I want to help people. I want to try to get as many people into the barley harvest as is humanly possible. Praise Jesus, hallelujah, because that's our first opportunity to get out of here before they start doing all this stuff to us. But the central bank digital currency is the it's the uh, electronic currency system that they're going to use to control the world. So when it, the book of Revelation talks about uh, you know, the mark of the beast, it says uh, he, the beast, will cause, C-A-U-S-E, will cause people to take the mark. Well, how, are you, how do you do that? Well, people get hungry. So uh, as far as I can tell, and this is my best estimation, I'm doing the best I can. As far as I can tell, anybody who does not make the barley harvest, okay, the first fruits, barley harvest, first watch. Anyone, that's why I'm preaching so fervently about this. Anyone who does not make that, you are going to be wandering the streets. You're going to lose your house. You're going to lose your apartment. And you are going to be walking the streets. Okay. I don't know about you, but at the age of 61, I don't want to walk the streets, and I don't want to hunt for a sandwich in a dumpster. And I know that God will provide. I get that. I understand there's going to be miracles that are going to be happening. I get that. I understand that. All I'm trying to do is that if we have an opportunity to get as holy and righteous through the gift of God's mercy, continuous self-examination, repentance, uh, seeking God for you know having a 45-minute time alone with God every morning, praying in tears before him, seeking him, singing to Jesus. You are the wind beneath my wings, taking communion every morning. We need to step it up 10 times more than we're doing right now. And you're like, no, what are you saying, John? I'm already working 12 hours a day. And you're asking me to get up on a, let me tell you something. You do not want to be here. Believe me, you do not want to be here. Now, anyway, so now that I got that off my chest, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead and move on with the news. It's not normal. All right, praise God. This is Tucker Carlson, and I'm just going to go ahead and play this bit. It's about this central bank digital currencies, all right? This is going to be the mark of the beast money system that they will control 
they're going to control all your money. You're not going to have any money that belongs to you. You're going to work for them, and they're going to give you what they want to give you. We know we're about to see bank consolidation, big banks eating little banks, and that means less competition. More consolidation means more government control. So what are they going to do with that control? Well, all things being equal, if people don't start making a lot of noise and exerting an awful lot of pressure, it'll mean digital currency, a currency that politicians control. Sign up for the CBDC app to get your food stamps. You think that's not coming? Of course it's coming. They'd like it to come in any case. Now, we're not alleging a conspiracy here, but we did notice that the four biggest banks, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, Chase, are doing well. And we also noticed the White House appears to be, maybe we're just reading into this too much, trying to induce runs on regional banks. They seem to be trying to take away your confidence in those banks. Here's Karine Jean-Pierre, the White House Secretary, not someone we'd ever accuse of having an original thought, but she's a vessel for the plans of others. Here she is on Friday as SVB was collapsing. Now, she doesn't say a word about the fundamentals of the market or the security of your money in banks. Instead, she talks about the one thing that matters to her, which is the racial identity of the people in charge of our finance system. Watch. I do want to take a moment to note the historic nature of the moment that you see in front of you right now. All three of us are historic first in our roles. The first black woman to serve as CEA chair, OMB director, White House press secretary. The first black woman right in front of you for all of those three important, important key roles uh, in the administration. These people lack all self-awareness as if anyone would care. Why should we care? Is there some reason to care? And by the way, you are discrediting by your stupidity and clear incompetence anything you're promoting. You should keep that in mind. But big picture, if you wanted to make people less confident in regional banks and the banking system more broadly, if you wanted to maybe induce a run on the banks, this might be how you talk. Oh, we're all of a certain racial group. Huh? What does it have to do with whether the banks have enough cash in reserve to cover their balance sheet? So what we do know is that the Democratic Party, the Biden administration, sees this crisis as a means of expanding their control. And we know this because in a recent Zoom call with the Fed, Treasury Department, and other financial regulators, with members of Congress, Senator Mark Kelly of Arizona asked whether there was a program in place to censor social media posts that could lead to a national run on banks. Now, that's according to Congressman Thomas Massey. Michael Schellenberg has a great piece on this today. Massey was on the call. So think about this for a second. You've got a deposit at a regional bank that's holding tons, way more than you know, of long-term treasuries that are worth a lot less than they were when the bank bought them. That means that bank is at risk. That means your money's at risk. But Senator Mark Kelly of Arizona doesn't want you to know about that. Why wouldn't they want you to know that? Kind of interesting. That kind of censorship could actually crush people. So we have to ask the obvious question, how close are we to some sort of disaster? And to what extent are the people in charge abetting it? Now, well, now, uh, now, let me just clarify something. So, uh, so Tucker Carlson went to Rupert Murdoch and had a personal conversation. Rupert Murdoch is a shape-shifting reptilian. <clears throat> Carlson thanked Rupert Murdoch personally, I know about this. I heard him testify about it on um, another show. And anyway, he, he thanked him and he said, thank you very much for allowing me to talk about the things that I'm talking about. 
but Carlson also knows a lot of other things, and Rupert told him, do not talk about those. So there's a whole big – so there's a bunch of fuss out on Twitter. You know, uh, Dinesh D'Souza is like beside himself because Tucker's not talking more about uh, some of the J6 stuff. Well, he was told by Rupert Murdoch, don't. So Tucker is talking about that which he's been allowed to talk about. Now, the reason why he's being allowed to talk about it is because the, the reptilians know, the reptilian overlords know that they're all way, they're totally way ahead of us. They are 50 exits ahead of all of us. They are doing end arounds. So when, when the past, the Pentecostal pastor that changed out my pipes Friday night was here, I told him, I said, you know that they're locking down the Walmarts with the Mark of the Beast and facial recognition. He said, oh, absolutely, I surely do, brother. He goes, I was down doing uh, uh, some work in Miami, and I went into a uh, Walmart store, and I saw all the sensors for facial recognition. And I said, yep, that's it. But he was, you know, he, he's a plumber. He had his work to do. So we couldn't, like, sit there for two hours sharing notes. But I just want you to know, they're doing end arounds, 15-minute city in Fort Myers. You know, you've got one of the most aggressive anti-woke uh, governors in the entire world, you know, in the entire United States, uh, DeSantis, and he, you know, with, you know, whatever. And um, he, you know, he can't keep up with it. They're going around the governors, they are paying off the mayors, and they are putting in the censors, and they're, they're doing it, and they don't give a darn. They're like honey badgers. Okay, that's just how it is. Now, um, anyway, so if Rupert Murdoch is allowing Tucker Carlson to talk about the fact that they're going to collapse the smaller banks into four big banks and create a central bank digital currency, I can guarantee you, praise Jesus, that Tucker Carlson was allowed to say that because there ain't nothing we can do about it. There ain't nothing we can do about it. All right, be advised. These are reptilian overlords. They are working directly for Satan, and just be advised. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I also want to light, lighten up the little bit of happy sound. Da 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 Okay, Pentagon, this is a head, from the Epic Times, is a, a headline, and it's all over. Pentagon UFO chief intrigued by possible alien dandelion seeds in our solar system. So once again, we are seeing a report directly from the Pentagon UFO head guy. Now, why is there a UFO head guy at the Pentagon? And why have we had three, not one, but three reports come out of the Pentagon and military news, okay, about a huge mothership in our solar system? Why? All right. Well, remember the David Doetry thing, you know, the David Doetry vision of the uh, uh, rapture. And that story, I hope that you remember it. I pray in Jesus' name that you do. And if you do, this could be some really good news because we need them to prime the pump. We need them to let the population of the world know that there is an, you know, massive, and there's more than one, but, the, but one will show up in our sky. It will be copper in color. Just type into DuckDuckGo, um, uh, brass-colored spherical sculpture, brass-colored spherical sculpture, and you will see Death Star Mothership sculpture, and it's located, they got it at the Vatican Library, at the United Nations, they're all over the world, okay, so they know it's coming, all right, and then supposedly, according to David Doetry, approximately three weeks after that will be the first watch barley harvest rapture, okay, so I'm just letting you know, now, now remember the three weeks part, watch out for that, because every single person that's ever been given a vision or a dream from God, the timing was always 
wrong. Okay, and I'm not going to get into why. I'm just be careful, okay, because the timing is always, 100% of the time, the timing is always wrong. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. Russia will use a Poseidon. I'm going to, I'm going to tackle more of this as we go on, but I got to keep on moving because I don't want to, you know, the whole thing with Terry, I don't want to hold her up too much, but praise God she's in California, so it's a lot earlier there than it is here. But anyway, Russia will use a Poseidon underwater missile to wipe Britain off the map with a 1,000 high radioactive tsunami if NATO troops put boots on the ground. This is a lie from Satan, okay? Okay, now, um, it says that Putin's propagandists are claiming that this is the case, and they actually drop names and everything else under the sun. Now, um, I'm just not going to get into it. I'm just not going to get into when, when, country, when multiple countries are at war, whether they're proxy wars, whether they're cyber wars, whether it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter the nature of the war. We are in World War III right now. And if you don't believe it, I feel so deeply sorry for you, and I will be crying for you, I guarantee it, early tomorrow morning on my knees with water flowing out of my eyes and a hanky in my hands, blowing my nose every three to four minutes because I'm going to be crying to God for all of us. I guarantee it. I am not hesitating to get up early and, and spending more time with the Lord. There will Nothing's going to stop me from that. All right, but anyway, I'm just letting you know that, that during any kind of a war action, especially one as big as the one that's going on in the world right now, uh, which is, of course, the fourth seal. So what we have is the second seal, which is, you know, behold a red horse and that red army. Okay, then you've got God gives the, the sword. God himself gives the sword to the rider of the red horse. So it's, So God has ordained Putin to do what he's doing. All right, now, now, now the, the third seal, financial collapse. Listen, you just heard what was talking about CBDCs. Okay, that's the establishment of the global mark of the beast banking system where they control your money. All right, you understand? It's not your money anymore. They are going to take your money away. I had to convince the, 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 the lady that I'm renting the 10 by 10, the, the widow lady, she wanted to do everything in cash because she thinks, you know, and then she wanted to sell a trailer and she thinks somebody's going to come walking over to her and hand her a bag with $30,000 of $50 bills in it. And I'm like, that's going to break like money laundering laws, the FBI. No, no, you're not going to be able to do it. I finally got through to her. Oh my gosh. It took weeks and weeks and weeks. So it's all, so thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And anyway, so I, so she's actually opening up a bank account. Hallelujah. Because you know what, if we don't come to the point of totally trusting God, oh boy, are we in trouble. Any of you out there that are thinking, oh, no, i got to get encrypted email. i got to hide behind a VPN. i got to get rid. Look, man, it's too late. Game over. When I play that little audio snippet, you know, to start the, you know, the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You know. It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, wrong. It's not normal. This is disturbing. <laughs> It is. 
<laughs> okay. Now, granted, I've been using that stinger for a lot of years, but let me tell you something. This is bad. All right. So anyway, I'm going to keep on going. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm going to try to explain things. So like I said, if you don't download this into an MP3 and rewind it, listen, rewind, listen, rewind, listen, rewind, listen, rewind, listen, you're going to miss stuff. And I can't help it. I'm sorry. This is seven hours of material, and i got to do it in an unbelievably short period of time. All right. Next one up. Cargo train carrying hazardous substances reportedly de- derails in the United, uh, the U.S. state of Arizona. Now, you might say, why are all these manufacturing facilities, uh, trains derailing, chemicals uh, spilling all over the place? Now, hold on just a second. Oh, Lord Jesus, praise you, Lord. I don't know how to do this. Oh, thank you, Jesus. All right, I'm going to get to that shortly. So please tuck this to the tuck it to the side. Make yourself a note. I am going to explain to you why they, the forces of darkness, are you know there's a 400,000 gallon nuclear radiated water leak coming out of like a nuclear plant in Minnesota right now. Uh, you've got the whole thing, uh, you know, in East Palestine. You've got trains derailing all over the United States. You've got trucks that are just magically falling over in the middle, and they they're always caught. They always got toxic substances in them. Why is all this stuff happening? I have the answer for you. Please write it down, and please hang in there for me. I will get to it soon enough. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Cuba accepts the Russian payment system. So now Cuba has joined the BRICS nations. Uh, lots and lots of more um, countries will be joining the BRICS nation states uh, because they will see, correctly so, just remember that the four seal talks about, you know, behold, a pay a horse and, you know, his name is death. And it says that 25 percent, essentially a quarter of the world will face death. What's the quarter of the world that's going to face death? Let's examine the United States, Israel, the European Union, which in, which I'm going to include and clump in the United Kingdom, which is gone. The United Kingdom is so compromised right now. They make New Zealand see like, seem like a free place. Okay. So it's the United States, the European Union, and Great Britain, Australia, New Zealand, um, and who did I leave out? Surely I left somebody out. Um, uh, U.S., Israel, EU, um, Australia, and New Zealand. That, that makes up approximately one quarter of the world. Okay, are you following along now? Now go and open your Bible to Revelation chapter 6, find the fourth seal, behold the pale horse, and read about how it talks about death will hit a quarter of the earth. Ain't going to hit Russia. Ain't going to hit China. It's hitting us. Okay. So anyway, just wanted to bring that forward. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Swedish food prices see record surge in the most highest record surge in over 70 years amidst rampant inflation. All right, I'm just going to move on. Keep on moving. If there's something substantial to add to it, I will. Okay, keep on moving. The Federal Aviation Administration admits to airline pilots that myocarditis was vaccination-induced. So now the FAA is sending these airline pilots uh, letters, and they're saying, man, you know, gosh, Ding, dang, darn it, you know, uh, sucks to be you, but you're myocarditis, so you can no longer fly planes. Uh, it's ca- caused by the vax. Now, why would, they, why would that come out all of a sudden? Because they 
don't care. They got plenty of other things horrible that they're going to do to us. Okay, so and and believe me, it's coming. Okay, and I'm not even. They're already doing another tabletop exercise uh, that with it with some kind of a, a contagion that's going to target children and kill them. And people are going to run like crazy. Anybody who is a you know anti-vaxer that has a kid, you know, they're way ahead of the 50 to 100 exits ahead of us. We cannot have a Formula One race car that is fast enough to catch up with the global satanic crime syndicate. All right. So we need to reside in the secret place of the Most High. And we need to trust our Heavenly Father to get us off this alien demon-infested rock as soon as possible. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, next one up. All right, the bank meltdown has become much worse. Now, I'm not going to take the time to play this rather long, uh, um, uh, you know, transmission uh, from uh, the redacted team uh, who's, you know, real good friends with Tucker Carlson and all that. I play them all the time, but they, they, it, it, they narrate basically what you heard Tucker Carlson already say, the collapse of the banks. Now, unfortunately, they don't understand the biblical connection. None of these people do. None of these people do. Alex Jones doesn't understand a biblical connection. None of them do. They think they're fighting a fight for the freedom of the United States of America because they're focused on the United States. They're not looking at what's happening in the rest of the world. They're not realizing that this is the manifestation of the book of Revelation. They're not connecting the dots properly. Okay, and that's sad. It's sad. Okay, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Pray. Pray, 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 pray. All right, next headline up. This particular young woman on my finely tuned Twitter feed says, and I will read it, Amish Farm fined $250,000 facing jail time for humanely raising and selling food. While we are paying $7 for eggs on the verge of waiting in breadlines and a banking collapse, our government is attacking the Amish. These people will be our lifesavers when everything goes to blank. By the way, this is a Christian lady, but she chose to use... <laughs> Let's just say that she decided not to use the dung word, okay? Anyway, that's okay. You know, sometimes I flip out so bad, I have to just fall down. I just have to let the tears flow and beg God. I say, Father, in the name of Jesus... Please, Father, anoint the speech center of my mind so that I will not be led to use those words anymore. I've been praying that a long time and praising him because when I flip out, I just flip out, you know. And I think a lot of Christians are going to flip out, you know, <laughs> wait until they see the flying saucers. But anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And it says, uh, you know, so, of course, this lady says the Amish should be protected at all costs. Um, and I will, you know, I could I could click on the link and find the actual article. But, you know, at the end of the day, you heard it. It is happening. Next one up. United States commander says that an ISIS attack can can attack the United States at any given time. Let's go ahead and listen to this. Praise God. Hold on a second. Here we go. Bringing it up. A U.S. commander tells the Senate Armed Services Committee he needs more resources to monitor ISIS-K in Afghanistan. He says the terrorist group is six months away from foreign attack capability. How many billions of dollars worth of equipment did the uh, Antichrist pawn <laughs> leave back there? Oh, my gosh. What a horrible, horrible story. We don't have time. That, that's another seven hour. You could just literally talk for seven hours about the evil associated with the Afghanistan stuff. I don't even want to get into it. Um, there's a special place in hell. You can believe it. 
But that God, vengeance is God, saith the Lord. And hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Please, in Jesus' name, just help us, Father, to be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Luke twenty-one thirty-six. Hallelujah. All right, next one up. All right, United States Department of Justice could send, get this, 1,000 more indictments over the January 6th Capitol riot. Remember that we have to endure another year and seven months of this. Now, you know, providing that that big copper spherical mothership doesn't show up in the sky. The only thing is, like I said, I'm warning you, David Doetry perceived three, approximately three weeks after that the rapture would occur. That's what he perceived. But be advised, anytime time is mentioned in a prophecy, dream, or vision, there is always time distortion. I'm not going to get into how that works, but I can't explain it. I can, but I'm not going to get into it because I just don't have the time. Praise God. So they're got they're about to go after another thousand people. Doesn't matter what Tucker Carlson said. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They're gonna go and get another thousand people and throw them in their evil Washington DC prison. Because of course, you know, whatever, you get it. All right. Again, fifty exits ahead of us all the time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. All right, uh, a fellow by the name of the Dollar Vigilante points out to the people on Twitter, he says, we at the TV, TDV, the Dollar Vigilante, have been talking about this financial collapse for a very long time. Every bank, he says, or this particular rep says, may collapse by the end of 2023. Okay, are you following along? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Wow. Wrong. It's not normal. This is disturbing. All right. You might say, well, how does that all fit into the end times dialogue and the civil war that needs to break out in the United States, and uh, which, of course, will lead to all kinds of things? And uh, wow, don't even get me going on the Rachel Baxter nu- uh, ground-based nuking of uh, Chicago, which jettisons the United States into an active world war situation, um, all that stuff. I mean, how do we, you know, guess what? Okay, they need to get the people, and I'm seeing it, by the way. I mean, you know, look, I know General Flynn believes he's a Christian, and that's fine. And and, and you know what? There are hot Christians and cold Christians, and Jesus even said to the Church of Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3, he said, I would rather for you to be hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. So it's we are the ones at risk. The General Flynn's and the, and, and the AJ's and all these other people out there that are at, at risk. Now, are they going to miss the barley harvest? Yes, they are. Okay, but here's the thing. Jesus, why did he say he's going to vomit out the lukewarm? Because we, the people that are listening to this radio show right now, you can't afford to be lukewarm. Because at the end of Luke 12, verses 47 and 48, it says, To whom much has been given, much will be required. And to him who has received, you know, they will expect all the more. You've got to understand that, that we, God does, he expects us to, and guess what? We can take action and how? through prayer, through relationship, through praise, through worship, through residing in a secret place, falling in love with our Father, falling in love with Jesus, making Him our priority, praying for the lost. This is our calling. This is who we are. Okay. Don't feel like you're stuck and you can't overcome all this because you can. 
That's why I'm here, helping you to understand that this is not – uh, you know, a nail in anybody's coffin, okay? This is an opportunity, thank you, Jesus, okay, for all of us to get as right as right can be with our Heavenly Father. And it starts with falling in love with our Father because that is the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. And if you don't feel that way, you need to fall in love with our Father. You need to fall in love with Jesus, your first love, and that requires prayer. Call out to him. Call out to him. Get on your knees. Get on your knees. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So anyway, uh, you know, somebody's got to go, you know, do do the hard the hard work. And if it's going to be, me, I don't want anybody to miss. I do this because I don't want. Look, you have to look at me as that daddy who's sitting over in the corner, and there's these, and he has a little girl, which I did have, walk, you know, toddling over to the stove, and there's this red hot burner. And the little toddler is reaching up for the red-hot burner to put her hands on – what is daddy going to do? What's daddy going to do when the little toddler is re- put his hands right up on that burner? What, what, what's, what's daddy going to do? Daddy is going to jump out of his recliner, fly across the room at light speed, grab his toddler, probably shouting all kinds of colloquialisms, and screaming – Bloody murder. Now you know why I have this emotional intensity in my voice. We don't have any time left to be bitter. We don't have any time left to be walking around, touching burners, and looking at this and looking at that. I'm telling you, folks, time is running out. The mark of the beast, they're this close to being ready to start it. Now, how long will it take them to get all the facial recognition sensors? How long will it take them to collapse the banks? Well, that one guy thinks it's going to happen by the end of 2023. I don't know. Maybe he's right. The central bank digital currency, by the way, is mandated by an executive order, which I'm going to get to in a second, uh, with, that was signed by Biden. It's already law. The central bank digital currency is law. When I say they're 50 exits ahead of us, folks, they are 50 exits ahead of us. That's why they're allowing the shape-shifting reptilian that refers to itself as Rupert Mur- Murdoch is allowing Tucker Carlson to say the stuff that he's saying because it's all it's going to do is it's going to awaken a whole bunch of people, which they want, by the way, because they want us to kill each other. They want us to buy more weapons. They want us to buy more guns. They want to kill 350 million people. The more people that die in the streets, the more blood that flows in the streets at the hand of, their, of these gun-toting American citizens that think that it's okay to shoot their way to heaven, which it's not, better for them, because Satan's going to be scooping up the proceeds, and the population will be getting reduced. It will make it so much easier. There's a woman from Great Britain who calls herself the White Rabbit on Twitter, and she gets it. Now, she uses some pretty colorful words to try to wake people up, but she basically told people, if you don't pull your blank out of the sand kind of thing and wake up because – and then she quoted the World Economic Forum and she said, look, France is going through another revolution right now. And she said, that is exactly what these entities want. They want us to go to civil war. They want us to kill each other. They want to bring in the globe. That's going to be part of it. As soon as they institute martial law and they, you know, you think, you think January 6th is an insurrection? Wait until every single um, uh, patriot so-called, uh, you know, militia group that some of them have thousands of members. Okay, wait until they come out with their weapons 
I played the I played the audio. You should know this by now. I pray in Jesus' name that you do. All right. So anyway, another person comes forward. By the way, this is the uh, essentially it's the White House speaker for uh, the Russian for, for the Russian Federation for Russia. All right. And listen and listen to this little report. Okay. And this particular person says, "Boom! Roasted." The Kremlin spokeswoman just told uh, Brandon she's talking about Biden uh, administration. If recovering the drone is too hard uh, to have your New York Times give them the number of the Ukrainian group known for deep operations in the Baltic Sea for help. In other words, they they completely know that they're being lied to. Of course they do. They're you know you would you would really have to be lobotomized to not really understand that, especially as a leader of and and the, and the international crimes court, the ICC, uh, making Putin to be a war criminal. Are you kidding me? He opens up. Putin knows he's going into Bakhmut, so what he or or Mariupol or whatever town, and he knows in advance. So what he does is he opens up a uh, a uh, humanitarian corridor. He lets the people of Bakhmut know that the Russian army is coming in with the, with with you know with, and all that, and then and then they say whoopsie daisy, we need to get out of here. And then they all all the moms and the dads and the little babies in their carriages are given what's called a humanitarian corridor, and they get to head into Russia behind the troops that are protecting them so they don't get hurt. And that's one of the reasons why they're taking Russia is going through so much heck on earth, okay, because Putin is trying to save the the the, the lives of these children. But instead, we twist it around satanically, Isaiah 29, they turn everything upside down. We t- we blame Putin in the Nas- international uh, crimes court, okay, in the Netherlands, the you know, the Hague thing, and 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 then we 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 blame him for being, you know, some kind of a, you know, body snatcher and, and stealing children and all this kind of stuff. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's not what's happening at all. And people are gobbling it up like like Kool-Aid in Belize. It's unbelievable. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. All right. Uh, the ne- Hang in there for me, Terry. You're still going to have an hour and a half. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, uh, another uh, report. The Netherlands woke up. Now, they're very, very excited, and they're hugging and kissing and jumping in the streets, and they ought to be, uh, because they're the only nation thus far that... Okay, now I got to be careful about how shit. Let's put it this way: they believe they have overcome the globalists because their tractor farm citizen movement, if you will, has caused a an election to occur in the Netherlands, which basically uh, is in the favor of the farmers in the Netherlands, and they are jumping for joy, which they ought to be. Um, however, some of the really super duper smart people that understand how the the Netherlands, you know, government works, the you know Dutch elections and stuff, they're putting out warnings to let them know that even though the numbers look wonderful, it's kind of like what happened in the United States with the elections and the Republicans getting control of the House. It has done us no good at all. No good at all. I told everybody this. I told you it would be a sleight of hand. We would have precious people like Lauren Boebert and, you know, and, and Marjorie Taylor Greene, and they'd hand over the tapes, you know, and they didn't hand over tapes to Tucker Carlson. He had to send a team of people into the actual uh, uh, facility, the Capitol facility, to look at the tapes under the control of the uh, security people at the Capitol building. Okay, so that they didn't just get handed a bunch of tapes and say, wow, this is really cool. We got tons of tapes. So this is really neat. That is not what happened. Not what happened. <sighs> anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. 
Fox News admits that hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin were lies. So now, why would they let all this out? 50 exits ahead, ahead of us. All right. Here, listen to this. They want this information out, by the way, because it will fuel the fire of the civil war that's coming. Here we go. All these lies around the emergency authorization. They needed the emergency authorization to get the vaccines down everybody's throats. But in order to do that, they had to prove that there was nothing else on the market that could actually treat COVID. When we all know ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine were effective, weren't they? Well, we also know that prior infection is effective, at, it's at least as effective as That's the right. vaccine. Well, there were also all these lies around the emergency. All right. Praise God. So I just wanted to get that out there. And I just, OK. Also, I want to play you this little clip. Please hang in there for me, Sister Terry. OK, I'm just going to play one minute of this. This is Tucker Carlson on the redacted show with Clayton Morris. They used to work together at Fox News. Now, this is where he's coming clean and he's telling on Clayton on Clayton Morris's show redacted. He's telling him, I, I know way, 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 way more than than anybody thinks that I know. Uh, but he can't. But Rupert Murdoch will not let him share the other stuff he knows, which, by the way, is what all the people on Twitter are freaking out. And Dinesh D'Souza is like, why isn't Tucker coming forward with the rest of, you know, and I'm like, I don't understand why I know it and they don't. But anyway, I guess they're just too busy doing whatever it is they're doing. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, you know what? Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and play at least one minute of this clip. You got to hear this stuff. He had uh, full cooperation from the Capitol Police and from the Speaker's office. But what we couldn't do, which is the main thing I wanted to do, which was show that there were FBI agents in the crowd. And there were, and the FBI's admitted that. Um, but it's obvious to me they played a pivotal role. Ray Epps clearly was working for somebody. He was not a pure civilian. He encouraged violence. And then the January 6th committee and Adam Kinziger and Liz Cheney and Benny Thompson and Adam Schiff, they all did. So anyway, he goes on. And it's really an excellent little snippet. Um, uh, it's about it goes on for five minutes and nineteen seconds, and this is a snippet where uh, essentially Tucker Carlson with Clayton Morris on the Redacted Show talks just. Oh, my gosh, for five minutes, he's just talking about all the stuff that he knew, the instigators, the insiders, the, all the evil, surreptitious, false flag things that he found out about. But Rupert Murdoch is not letting him bring it forward. So he's doing the best he can under the control. See, like I said, if they know, here's the thing, here's the thing. If the Satanists know, the reptilian overlords know that what Tucker says is only going to instigate a more vicious civil war event, then they're fine with him sharing it. Okay? All right, hopefully you get that. I want to play this for you because it's amazing. Okay, Trump warns about Janet Yellen. Now think about this. This is from the first debate with Hillary Clinton. This is why, even though I think Trump acts like a three-year-old sometimes, I am absolutely convinced that he is not in on this... um, satanic stuff and that they truly do fear him messing up their plans okay and which is going to lead to some really horrible things including the civil war now anyway but listen to this this is a snippet of the first debate with donald trump and hillary clinton listen to what he says about janet yellen this is amazing it's prophetic thank you jesus hallelujah all right listen to this here we go We have the worst revival of an economy since the Great Depression. 
And believe me, we're in a bubble right now. And the only thing that looks good is the stock market. But if you raise interest rates even a little bit, that's going to come crashing down. We are in a big, fat, ugly bubble. And we better be awfully careful. And we have a Fed that's doing political things. This Janet Yellen of the Fed. The Fed is doing political by keeping the interest rates at this level. And believe me, the day Obama goes off and he leaves and he goes out to the golf course for the rest of his life to play golf, when they raise interest rates, you're going to see some very bad things happen. Now, if you don't think that that was a prophetic thing that he just said, first debate with Hillary Clinton. First, Janet Yellen is behind the banking system collapse. They're actually orchestrating it through her. She's a puppet. She's just doing what she's told. All right, next one up. New York is set to become the first state. Listen to this. New York is set to become the first state to ban natural gas in new buildings. So they're moving forward 50 exits ahead of all of us. All right, next one up. Hallelujah. Uh, Charisma News reports that California County uh, was caught spying on on church members from a next-door church. It's getting bad out there, folks, and the only reason people don't know that it's bad is because they don't know about the things that I am sharing with you right now. Next one up. Catholic University invites a gay priest for a queer holiness event. Isn't that special? Hallelujah. Praise God. I, and I did tell you about the, the uh, plumbing company and the pastor that came to my house. Uh, was it worth all the money that I paid for? Well, I didn't have a choice, and so I had to pay. Anyway, but he did tell me, thank you, Jesus, that Miami is installing facial recognition systems in their Walmart, so Florida is being totally compromised. They are so far ahead of DeSantis. DeSantis can't. There's no way. There could be like 100 DeSantises in Florida running as fast as they can, having all kinds of emergency, uh, you know, government sessions and putting constitutional laws in place. And they would not be able to beat the Satanists taking over this state and every other state in this country because they don't see it happening. All right. Next one up. Federal Reserve Bank launches phase one of central bank digital currency. It's called Fed Now. Fed Now. Now, look it up. I did. I read it. It is horrific in the FedNow system that's supposed to go into place by July, okay, is where they basically make it. Uh, they're, they're going to legalize and make the FedNow system is going to be your interface to CBDCs or central bank digital currency. So they're taking away your money, all money including your retirement pensions, including your SSI, including every single penny that you get. It will all be controlled under no more cash. It's going to a cashless society. The, the mark of the beast is just around the corner. These things are happening at light speed, and people cannot keep up with it. And it's a miracle that I can keep up with as much as I have. Also, I would like to let you know uh, that these, some of these banks like Signature and SVB and other banks that are they're already in the process of collapsing, we're deeply involved with child trafficking and all the other sick, twisted stuff including the uh, CEO, his name is Diamond, uh, and he pushed it off on somebody else and hung him out, which is what they do. Uh, And anyway, long story short, they were all involved in money laundering operations for the Epstein activity. All right, now, warning, Will Robinson. There is the National Strategy for Countering Domestic Terrorism. The document has been released in June of 2021. Now, I have not read every single word of it, but I can tell you that basically uh, the summary from our precious shape-shifting reptilian known as Joseph R. Biden, uh, or at least that's what he calls himself, but we all know with the black eyes and everything, he's perfectly possessed, and I don't even want to get into it. And we know the Antichrist is controlling him. But anyway, he summarizes it by saying, this is a project that should unite all Americans together. Together, we must affirm that domestic 
domestic terrorism has no place in our society. We must work to root out all the hatreds that can too often drive violence. Now, can you say goodbye Bibles? Can you say putting Christians in jail? Can you understand the implication here? Do you understand the woke movement and what it what are you putting it are you putting this together? This stuff is all happening simultaneously. If you don't see that there are, you know, eight chains with the devil's face heading directly at you and your family, and you do not get on your knees before God right now, then you are clueless. And I feel sorry for you, and I will be praying for you. I guarantee it. Hallelujah. All right. So if I'm going Leonard Ravenhill on anybody here, well, then thank you, Jesus, because it needs to happen. We're running out of time, folks, and I doggone don't want to be on duty before God, not warning you what I know. Because what I know is very frightening, all right, for anybody who is not right with God. All right, praise Jesus. All right, now the next one up, I want you to hear about this one. This is a little ditty uh, that was snippeted off of the uh, Alex Jones show by a Christian by the name of Melissa Tate. So God bless her. But let's listen to this. It's worth every one minute and 48 seconds of, of it. It really, really is. All right, here we go. Go back the last six months and just grab four or five, because I know I said it about a hundred times. Times that I said next they'll start collapsing regional and lending banks to consolidate them into the big six globalist banks that own the private Federal Reserve and the European Union Bank and the rest of it. And then out of that, they will call for central bank digital currencies to be rolled out. Just on Wednesday, Biden, the third administration of Obama, put out his big new national directive. In fact, I forgot to re-pull that from Wednesday Stack, uh, the big, quote, new cybersecurity initiative. And you read it, it's really to roll out a central bank digital currency that tracks and controls everything you do. Then they'll try to ban all the normal cryptocurrencies that are actually independent. I have a right here, by the way. Power. That's all announced in there. And I said on Wednesday, look for them to crash the regional banks to bring in total control. We know the enemy's playbook. I said, will it be a banking collapse? And the central bank digital currency casual society rollout, will it be a cyber attack to bring that in? Okay, so basically what he does is he hypothesizes because he hasn't quite figured out how they're going to accomplish crashing all the smaller banks. Uh, but we already see it in progress. All right, moving forward. Executive Order 14067 is the one uh, that, that, is, uh, that has officially made it 100% federally legal and is forcing the establishment of central bank digital currencies in the United States of America. It has been signed. What's really fascinating is I happened to stumble on Wikipedia before they got, before the censors got a hold of it, I, I looked it up and I saw it on Wikipedia. And I'm going to read, read what this is before the censors got a hold of it. Executive Order 14067, officially titled Ensuring Responsible Development of Digital Assets, was signed on March 9th of 2022 and is the 83rd executive order signed by U.S. President Joe Biden. The ultimate aim of the order is to develop digital assets in a responsible manner, responsible manner to give the government and corrupt agencies control of every financial movement. The executive order addresses the potential national security implications of cryptocurrencies. Well, I talked to somebody today, and they looked it up on Wikipedia, and Wikipedia finally did censor what I just read to you. 
As a matter of fact, what they're telling everybody is it's it, it, the purpose of Executive Order 14067 is to protect the United States consumers, investors, businesses by indirecting uh, by directing the Department of Treasury and other agencies and partners to assess and develop po- policy recommendations to um, uh, address the implications of the growing digital assets sector and blah, 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 to protect the United States and global financial stability and mitigate systemic risk. What do we see happening? Banks collapsing all over the place. UBC is, is purchasing Credit Suisse, and there's hundreds of banks that are lined up to collapse. All right, so, and the actual executive order is executive order on ensuring responsible development of digital assets, and it comes right in here, and it calls it out. Central bank digital currencies, this is no secret. All right, now I'm going to play this woman's little commentary about this. You need to know about this. Remember I told you to write down uh, you know, why, there, why all the chemical spills? Why are the trucks falling over with deadly chemicals? Why are the trains getting derailed? Why is there 400,000 gallons of, of highly toxic radioactive water being poured out of a nuclear facility in Minnesota right now? Why did the East Palestine event occur and they set off the – why, 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 why? This woman's going to tell you why. I'm going to play it. Here we go. Here we go. Hold on a second. Boom. The 2030 World Economic Forum agenda states that the government is forcibly allowed to remove residents if the land and the water are too polluted to live on. The government will force these residents to live in smart cities. The residents do not have a choice to opt out of living on at a smart city, or they do not get to stay on the polluted land. Is this starting to make more sense now? The 20- Okay. Is this starting to make more sense now, she says. <laughs> I'm telling you, folks, if you were looking over my shoulders and watching, you know, I mean, it's like no wonder the Lord is like starting to make me work, wake up at like 3 o'clock in the morning now. Because I got to get all this stuff digested. Here's the headline. Listen to this. Minnesota nuclear plant admits to 400,000 gallons of leaking of radioactive water into the water table. Guess what? All the people that are within X number of miles of that nuclear power plant will be take their houses will be taken through uh, the the new laws that are going to be imposed down upon the all the countries really. Okay, uh, they're gonna they're gonna come up to your house. Knock knock knock. Sorry, you can't live here anymore. No no, you're not allowed to go get your stuff. Follow up. Get into the van. We're going to take you to where you're going to live. Now, if you end up in a 15-minute digital city, that might be a little bit better than a FEMA camp, but the FEMA camps are coming for sure. The reason why they put the FEMA camps up is they know that they're going to do false flag attacks, nuclear bombs, and everything else under the sun, and they're going to have hundreds of thousands of people wandering the streets that are going to be a little bit of a control problem, so they're going to need to be able to go out and gather them up and go to the different places and put them somewhere, which is, guess what? FEMA camps, okay? So at the end of the day, yeah, it's all set up and it's all moving forward. Again, they are... This is probably being very, I mean, 50 exits ahead of us. No, 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 no. They are way, way ahead of us. That's why they're letting Tucker Carlson say all the stuff that he's being allowed to say. All right, next thing up. Listen to this report. At least 186 United States banks at potential risk, potential risk, my hiney cheek, okay, similar to uh, the Silicon Valley Bank, according to economists. Okay, so I could go in here and read the whole thing. This guy, this guy, that guy, all these economists. And by the way, there's people from Columbia University, Stanford University. A lot of these are part of the whole World Economic Forum evil global satanic crime syndicate. But now they're mentioning 186 banks. Well, you might say, well, that's nothing. There's way more than that. Please stand by. Keep watching, but don't sacrifice your time falling in love with Jesus and our Father and trusting God. Because that's where you got to be. 
holy and righteous, seeking our Father, confessing of your sins. 2 Corinthians 7, one. Now knowing these things, brethren, let us cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Okay? All right. If you don't want to be walking in the streets, hunting for food and praying that, you know, like Elijah for a couple of birds to eat or whatever, you know what I'm saying, folks? This is where this is heading. Because you know what? You're not going to take another – wait until they release the next pandemic. I mean, oh, my gosh, this stuff. Okay, so again, I'm just going to scroll through some of these. Uh, oh, the the EU part. Is uh, mandatory chip implants for EU citizens. They are doing a study about that right now. Look, look, look. EU citizens, the whole the whole EU. Um, uh, you know, again, um, another. It says uh, Ed Dowd uh, issues. Or, I'm sorry, Ed Dowd issues a dire warning that we are at the end and and the whole world is imploding upon itself. So what he's doing is he's expanding. He has a war room and he's looking at the global economy and he's just warning everybody that uh, it's game over. And on that note, let's bring on Sister Terry Hill because we could all use a little bit of edification and positive thought. So let's renew our minds with the help of our awesome Sister Terry Hill. Praise God. And uh, so I did the Leonard Ravenhill thing, and now she's going to do the uh, encouragement thing because that is her calling, and she's wonderful at it, and we all need to hear it. Praise Jesus. So here we go. Sister Terry, are you there? I'm here, John. Can you hear me all right? <laughs> yeah, you sound great, Terry. And thanks for the text message. And I'm sorry we ran late, but we still got, let's see, an hour and 20 minutes. So take it away. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me, John. And uh, at the onset, I would just like to say that I do have an announcement to make, uh, an invitation to any Sisters in Christ living in the Southern California area, um, I want to invite you to an event this coming Saturday. That would be March 25th, 2023. I will be ministering uh, at a church in the city of Corona, and this will be called the Esther Gathering. This is for the ladies only, and it will be a time of worship, uh, a time of messages in the word, a time of corporate prayer personal ministry, and also a fellowship meal. And there is no charge to attend this meeting. If any of the ladies who are listening and you live in the Southern California area would like to come, uh, please contact me at uh, a word in due season, 777 at gmail.com. Also, I'm going to give you my website address. Uh, that is a word in due season. Dot com And if you are interested in attending this event, again, it's for the ladies only, please contact me and I can pass that information on to you. Uh, with that being said, thank you, John, for having me again. And uh, it, it's astounding, the escalation in global events. It practically takes our breath away. Uh, every time I'm on the program again, I'm astounded at the acceleration that we're seeing and the escalation of worldwide events 
certainly observing a Cold War moving to a proxy war and at a moment's notice, certainly a hot war. So our lives could change in a day. But in the meantime, while we yet have day, we're going to redeem the times and we're going to be about our Father's kingdom business. And so, Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for this time that you give us together. We don't take this for granted, Father. We know that time may come that we will not be able to communicate in this way. But in the meantime, and as long as we have that time, while it is yet day, we're going to work, Father, because the night is coming and no man can work. And so I pray, Father, that you would help me now to condense the many pages I have prepared to be uh, brought forth in a way that will be a blessing to your people and obedience to you, Father. And so I thank you for it right now in the name of Jesus. Praise God. And uh, beloved, bless every one of you. Um, The message that the Spirit of the Lord had impressed upon me is that the faithful church brings the right message at the right time. And this is something that we're all aspiring to do. We're all in different places in our walk. If we're a baby in Christ, then maybe all we know is John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him uh, would not perish but have everlasting life. If you are brand new in Christ and you might think, well, I certainly don't have the information and the knowledge acquired like Brother Johnny Baptist or I certainly don't have a great command of scripture and I don't know the Lord that well, uh, what matters, beloved, is that what you do know and whatever resources and gifting God has placed in you, you are valuable. Every one of us who has been born from above is a messenger for Christ. The Word of God says that we're all ambassadors for Christ. And so I want to talk a little bit tonight about how God talks about how he writes and how he's uh, writing on it. Uh, and the tables of our hearts. So I'm going to be giving you a lot of scriptures. Uh, Also, I do have show notes available. Uh, You can write me or you can go to John's uh, website. He has them as well. So uh, prayer requests and show notes and information on the women's ministry meeting next Saturday, please feel free to contact me. But let's start um, by going into the book of Habakkuk. Again, I'm going to read a lot of scriptures. Let me just read this to you. Habakkuk 2, starting at verse 1. And he says here, I will stand on my guard post, and I will station myself on the rampart, and I'm going to keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. Then the Lord answered me, and he said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets. Now, the King James Version says, make it plain upon the table. So the Lord is saying, so the one who reads it may run. So the vision is yet for an appointed time, but it hastens toward the goal, and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it certainly will come, and it will not delay. So we find that when Jesus speaks, he speaks uh, audibly, he speaks plainly, he speaks clearly. And if we have trouble understanding or if we cannot perceive accurately, we can go to him and ask him for clarity and ask him to open our deaf ears and ask him to help us 
to remove the beam that's in our eyes, that any scales that are on our eyes that we could perceive accurately. Beloved, all we have to do is ask. I'm going to read now to you out of the book of Ecclesiastes 12.1. Let's see, excuse me, 12.1, or let's go to verse 9. In addition to being a wise man, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, and he pondered, and he searched out, and he arranged many proverbs. The preacher sought to find delightful words and to write words of truth correctly. Amen. Words of truth correctly. And now I'm going to take you into the book of Exodus. Excuse me. Let's do something else. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 18. I want to take a look uh, at a picture of what had happened when King David was king, a situation that occurred, and there were a couple of different messengers who actually worked for the king. So these are messengers in the kingdom. We know that David is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Davidic kingdom at that time certainly is a foreshadow of the kingdom that will come when the Lord Jesus Christ does return. But there's a valuable lesson here to be learned, and this is in 2 Samuel 18, and we're going to take a look at two different messengers. Now, again, these two men were employed to run with a message. As I wrote, as I just read to you a few minutes ago, uh, the message and instruction from the Lord is to make it plain upon the tables. In other words, write it, record it, and make it clear. Now, there are two individuals uh, in 2 Samuel 18 that I want to talk about because these are messengers and they represent two kinds of messengers in the kingdom now. The first man's name is Ahimaaz, all right? And Ahimaaz represents a type of an unseasoned, untrained messenger. So he knew how to run, but here's the thing. He ran with presumption and with an incomplete message of generalities. So Ahimaaz was zealous and self-willed. He actually insisted on running with the message even though his commander, Joab, said, you are not the man to carry news this day, but you shall carry news another day. And so what happened was, is he gave an incomplete, he missed God's timing. So in 2 Samuel 18, I want to read this to you. Uh, What had happened was Absalom uh, had been slain. He had um, initiated a revolt against his father, He was seeking to usurp the throne. And uh, the supervisor here, excuse me, or the commander uh, was in charge of the different ones who would run with the message. Now, in those days, they would run on horses, but some of them also ran on foot. And so in 2 Samuel 18, 19, I want to read to you what happens. Aeneas, the son of Zadok, said, please let me run and bring the king news that the Lord has freed him from the hand of his enemies. But Joab said, you are not the man to carry news today. You will carry news another day. However, you will carry no news today because the king's son is dead. So Joab, now the commander, spoke to a man by the name of Cushy. All right. Now, Cushy represents one who is obedient, 
who follows God's divine order. Uh, while Ahimeas was impulsive, okay, he ran anyway in defiance to the command of his uh, commander Joab. He wanted to um, have this position. He wanted to run with something, but God didn't tell him to run. He actually was impulsive. He was able to run quickly. He had human strength, but he only had a vague message, and he couldn't deliver an accurate account of events to the king. Now, Cushy represents one who is obedient, who follows God's divine order. He was instructed by Joab, his commander, uh, who told him, go tell the king what you have seen. And so he did so on the basis of what he had seen by revelation. So Cushy was a messenger who ran in obedience to his commander. He was ready to deliver an accurate, timely, true report. And the king was deeply moved by his word, his ministry. So Joab said to the Cushite in verse 21, go tell the king what you have seen. So the Cushite bowed to Joab and he ran. Now, in the meantime, Ahimeaz is running because he wanted to do this out of his own self-will. He missed God's timing here. Now, David was seated in verse 28, and the watchman went up to the roof, and he saw these guys coming. And the watchman in verse 25 said, uh, if he's by himself, there's good news. Then the watchman saw another man. So they saw the watchman is seeing the people running. I hope we can all hear this. Uh, if, if you are stationed on the rampart, if God is giving you a heavenly perspective, you're going to see these messengers that are running, and you're going to hear things, and you're going to perceive things. Because, again, the Lord wants us to have his perspective, and he wants us to understand we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, and he's going to make these things clear. So verse 27, the watchman said, I think the running of the first one is Ahimeaz. And Ahimeas and called said to the king, all is well. He prostrated himself. Blessed be the Lord your God. He's delivered up the men who lifted up their hands against you. And the king said, is it well with the young man Absalom? And Ahimeas answered, and he said, I saw a great tumult, but I did not know what it was. So this man uh, could not bring an accurate report. And notice what King David said in verse 30. He said, turn aside and stand here. The king basically told this man, step aside and, and just sit down. Um, and verse 31, then the Cushite, Cushi, arrived and said, let the Lord my king receive good news, for the Lord has freed you this day from the hand of all those who rose up against you. And the king said to the Cushite, is it well with the young man Absalom? And the Cushite answered and said, let the enemies of my Lord King and all who rise up against you for evil be as that young man. Verse 33 says, and the king was deeply moved. So what we see here are messengers, again, different messengers in God's kingdom. Some are running <clears throat> with their own self-will. Some understand things in generalities. Some are anxious, self-will, impulsive, but there are others who are trained, and they're running in obedience to their commander. And based on this example of Cushy, who was ready to deliver an accurate, true report, we see that 
the king himself is greatly moved when one of his messengers speaks the truth, speaks with the right words at the right time. And another interesting thing, too, with Ahimeas is that, <coughs> excuse me, he's told that there will be no reward for his running. So at the onset, excuse me, I'm going to take a drink of water here. At the onset, we're seeing here that when the Lord gives us a message to bring, whether it's a message to a neighbor, a coworker, a family member, a friend, the Lord is, is saying here, I'm watching. I'm seeing if you're following instructions. If you're running with your own report, with a partial report, he's seeing these things. And according to the word of God, Cushy would have been the one who received a reward because he was obedient. Now, another thing I want to look at, let's take a little walk into the book of Daniel. I want to show you something. Let's go to Daniel 5. Verse 5, suddenly the fingers of a man's hand emerged and began writing opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the back of the hand that did the writing. (coughs) Excuse me. Beloved, we have to be next to the lampstand to see the writing on the wall. That lampstand is a symbol of Christ, and it's also a symbol of the church. And the writing on the wall was seen, Daniel saw it, and the people saw it. So only by the Spirit, in the light of God's word, can we see what is written. And only by the Spirit, can we interpret the handwriting on the wall? The wise men of Babylon lack understanding. They can't interpret it. They cannot read God's inscription. They can repeat information they've heard from others. They can discuss plans that the people of Babylon are talking about. But God alone gives illumination insight, and wisdom to his servants. And beloved, God's messengers will deliver the full counsel of God. Paul said in the book of Acts, I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Paul shared with the people everything that God had given him. He said, I haven't kept anything back. And Faithful messengers will not tickle the ears with messages according to the desires of men. They won't take away from or add to the words written in God's book. They will not exceed that which is written. And faithful messengers will not claim to speak for God with messages based upon conjecture which is guesswork or theory or speculation or even popular opinion, but they'll be based upon the canon of 
scriptures. When our father wrote the Ten Commandments on the tablets of stone, he had to, to write it twice, didn't he? It was the finger of God that wrote it the first time. And then God called Moses back up because the people had broken the law when he smashed them on the idol of gold. And Jeremiah 17, 13 tells us that the names of those who dwell upon the earth are written down. And when God wrote on the wall of Nebuchadnezzar's Nebuchadnezzar's palace, that hand was sent from God. And Jesus wrote in the ground with his finger twice. In John's gospel, in the eighth chapter, we all remember the story, a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. When the people began to question him, what did he do? He stooped down and he wrote in the ground twice with his finger. It's as though he was ignoring them because you see the finger of God has written down the fact in the earth, all upon the face of the earth, are guilty of breaking God's law. And the names of those who reject him are written down. So for this reason, Jesus wrote twice the very finger of God, the very hand of God that wrote the writing on the wall, the very hand that wrote in the dirt. It's the same finger, the same hand, and the same God who writes directly. And he used men to write the scriptures under the inspiration of the Spirit. And today, the works and the deeds of all of us, all men, are written in the books according to Revelation chapter 20. And under the new covenant in 2 Corinthians 3, we're told that the spirit of the living God writes his law upon the tablets of human hearts. You see, you and I, beloved, are God's messengers. We are living decrees. We're epistles. That word epistles means letters. And we're known and we're read by men. They, in fact, you, in fact, are a letter from Christ written by the Spirit of God on tablets of human hearts. That's what Second Corinthians tells us. Now, I want to take you to the book of Ezekiel. And I just want to read something here because we see another picture of this same thing. Ezekiel is told, and it's recorded for us, Ezekiel 4, verse 1. Now, son of man, get yourself a brick. Place it before you, a city on it, Jerusalem. Then lay siege against it, build a siege wall, raise up a ramp, pitch camps, and place battering rams against it all around. You see, what God was saying here, Ezekiel, get a brick, a clay tile. You see, it's going to be written on, write upon it. You see, God's messenger is you, beloved. If you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are his witness. You are his messenger. And the clay tablet, that clay tile that he is writing his message upon is you. He ends messages upon tablets of the human heart. Ezekiel was told that he had to bear or endure 
the iniquity of the house for a certain period of time. All of us understand what that feels when we see the iniquity, when we're understanding the wickedness all around us that has crept not only into God's house, but certainly seems to be reaching the pinnacle in the world in which we live. God told him to set a battering ram also to knock some holes through a wall because you see there is a veil which stands between the true word of the Lord and the city which we call Jerusalem with its idolatry. God is doing this even now. There is a wall as hard as iron that exists between the revelation of God and the people. These are strongholds in the carnal mind. They're idolatrous teachings, their practices and concepts that have to come down. Other voices, false shepherds, have built up this wall by speaking vanity and lies. They have seduced God's people, utilizing untempered, unseasoned, whitewashed, foolish mortar. And God is going to bring those walls down in the name of Jesus. Again, Ezekiel, in fact, was the tile that God was writing upon, even as you and I fill that place as we walk with him in obedience. Now, letters are being delivered. I want to talk and go go into the book of um, Esther for just a minute. In the book of Esther, there was a, a man by the name of Haman, He was actually given an office above all the king's princes. And Haman is a type. He's a type of Satan, Antichrist of the flesh. And he despised God's people. And in fact, his name means magnificent. He was great in his own eyes. He was full of pride and manipulation and deceit. And he was like Judas, the betrayer, who accepted money to carry out his plan. He accepted money. Uh, from those who paid him off to do his work. There was another man by the name of Mordecai who was also in the king's palace, and he was raising Esther as his own daughter. Mordecai actually was a cousin because Esther was an orphan. So she was brought to the king's house along with other maidens for purification. And Mordecai consulted with Esther and advised her during her preparation time because a call had gone out to gather the virgins because the king was seeking a queen. And Mordecai was a Jew who sat in the king's gate, but he wouldn't bow to the wicked Haman as the others did. So as prime minister, Haman persuaded the king to approve an edict he had written, which would lead to the extermination of Esther and her people. So Haman not only desires worship from the people, but he desires to rule over them. Interesting, isn't it? In fact, he hates Mordecai, who is a type of the overcoming son, and he hates Esther, the bride. And so also Mordecai personifies one through whom the ministry of the Holy Spirit flows. And Mordecai exposed a plot that was devised against the king. And like a watchman, he has perceived what Haman has planned, 
and he's crying in the midst of the city. This is happening throughout the body of Christ. God's watchmen are proclaiming what the enemy has planned and is planning, and he's crying in the midst of the city. You see, plots are being exposed, and gallows are being built. If you have read the book of Esther, you'll find that Haman actually built gallows on which to exterminate Mordecai and all of God's people. Esther, excuse me, Ephesians 5:11 says, "Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them." And there is, thank God, a segment of the body of Christ who are exposing the unfruitful works of darkness. They have an accurate report. They're bringing a timely message to help prepare God's people and sound the alarm on God's holy mountain. You see, what Mordecai had done is he had overheard something. He was in the right place at the right time. God opened his ears. He heard two palace officials were angry at the king and they were plotting to kill him. And so Mordecai, the Jew, would not bow before this wicked man. And there was a lie that was brought before the king to actually cause these edicts to be written. And there are lies and accusations being brought against you and I, against the church, and against people who are God-fearing, men and women, families who love God, who fear God, and are walking with God. There are plots, there are schemes, and there are plans going on behind the scenes. This is nothing new under the sun, beloved. It's been from the beginning. But the book of Esther gives some details, and Esther finds out about Haman's plot, and Mordecai exposes it, and then Haman's wife, Zeresh, so here's another one, who gives the detail on how she thinks God's people should be eliminated. So she tells her husband, Haman, let gallows be built on which to hang Mordecai. So we're talking about letters being delivered, messages being delivered. And we need to understand that messages are coming from both camps, from the kingdom of darkness, but messages and letters are being delivered from the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light, and the eternal God who is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to a knowledge of the truth. And when Jesus delivers letters, beloved, he delivers messages of truth and hope and comfort to the people. When the enemy delivers letters and edicts, as Haman did, these edicts and these messages were sent throughout the entire province, and the people were petrified. They were afraid. They were fearful. But because of Esther and Mordecai, who sought the Lord, fasted and prayed through a series of events, they were able to have other letters sent out. And these letters that are sent out are types 
of the good news, the gospel of life and deliverance, because you see the letters that Haman and the enemy delivers are messages of fear, intimidation, deception, temptation, compromise, seduction, and ridicule. This is the nature of the kind of letters the enemy delivers. They always promote self-rule. They always promote human endeavor. They always promote selfish ambition, which leads to death. When Jesus delivers his messages, when he delivers his letters, when God sends you or me on an errand, we, in fact, are letters being read by all men. And Jesus always taught and interpreted the letter of the law by the Spirit. Now, God's messages include warnings, and we all know that. They include warnings for the church, but also promises for the faithful. You see, and the Lord gives his people the tongue of the learned, that we would know how to speak a word in season to one who is weary. Beloved, if you are weary tonight, and who isn't these days? If you are saddened, fearful, you need to know that when Jesus issues a warning, he will always, always bring comfort and hope. That is the nature of the God that we serve. He raises up his messengers. He raises up you and I with a testimony, with a word, with the right thing to say at the right time, to give people hope for the future, to remind us that this world is not our home, to remind us that when we suffer and as we are suffering and as we are uh, enduring persecution, uh, difficulties, trials, tribulation. There is significance in suffering, and God uses it, and he can change us if we cooperate with him, beloved. God raises up messengers that we could open up our mouths. Now, the scripture tells us out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So as God prompts you and I by the Spirit, to open up our mouth, what happens is whatever contents are on the inside of us, which in fact would include living water and living manna because Jesus told us, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And as we feed upon the word of God, as we take that little scroll, take that little book like the prophets did, we will find that it's sweet in our mouth but also it becomes bitter in the belly. What does that mean? That means that we love the sweetness of the word. It is like honey. But sometimes when we walk it out, when we assimilate it into our lives, when we have to walk it out day by day, step by step, it can be bitter. But God uses all of that, the sweetness and the bitterness. You see, even Esther, part of her purification included Uh, seasons, preparations with the myrrh, and also with the sweet odors. 
So you see, there are going to be some difficult things that the bride of Christ has to endure. The tasting of the myrrh, the death to self, and the stripping, the loneliness and the sense of abandonment, and the loss, and the pain, and the disillusionment, and the rejection. But there is also the application of the sweet spices, and that is symbolic to us of the good fruit that begins to grow and the fragrance of Christ and the blessing and the increase and the promotion. You see, there's balance in these things, beloved. And so what I'm trying to tell you is that Jesus will always bring a balanced word. When Jesus comes, he absolutely will not beat around the bush. He tells us the truth. He tells it straight. But he always leaves it or ends it by saying to you, peace be unto you, for I have overcome the world. He tells us in the world you will have tribulation. And so in the midst of tribulation, God delivers messages of comfort. The Holy Spirit is our comforter, isn't he? And in the book of Esther, we find in uh, Esther 8, the king's scribes actually delivered those letters to the people when uh, Esther and Mordecai were able to write and deliver these messages. We find that they were sealed with the king's signet ring, okay? And they're sent by different messengers. And these messengers are our messengers are designed to build up the body of Christ. And what they were told basically is be prepared and take up the sword. And, beloved, that sword is the word of God. That is our offensive weapon. And we find in Esther chapter 8, uh, let's see, verses 9 to 14, edicts are issued, let's see, and these um, letters were delivered uh, by people who are on horses, and horses in Scripture are symbolic of swiftness, all right? They ride swiftly. They're very fast. Mules or donkeys are symbolic of faithfulness. Some rode upon camels, which is a symbol of endurance. We know that a, a camel is called a ship of the desert. And then also others rode upon young dromedaries, which is symbolic of enthusiasm. So when we look at types of animals in scripture, when the Father uh, has written these things down for us, they're pointing to character traits. All right, so these messengers who deliver letters, who come with messages from the king, uh, they are marked by swiftness faithfulness, endurance, and enthusiasm. So God's people, again, are living decrees, being delivered. You and I, beloved, you may not think about it, but when God sends you to work among your your coworkers and your peers, when he sends you to your neighbor, when he sends you into the marketplace, when he sends you into a local church with the ministry that he's given you, regardless of where he sends you, regardless of where it is, because we're all sent to different places. Jesus said, go into all the world. First Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. 
different messengers are sent different places, and each of us is vital to the work that the Father has. Each of us needs one another. I want to talk just a minute about when the enemy delivers letters, because I'm absolutely convinced that the Father wants us to be able to identify the source of letters and messages that we are receiving. When I was praying and and preparing for this message, I saw a picture, and sometimes, in fact, frequently, the Lord will show me what is it's like a flash picture. And I saw individuals carrying what looks like backpacks, and I saw that they were carrying mail, letters that Haman had sent them. And they didn't even know it. They had put it in their backpack, and they were carrying that thing around. And it was weighing them down. The enemy delivers letters, and he ridicules, and he mocks God's people. And he lies to them and says, you're not worthy. You have sinned too many times. God cannot use you. Your failure has discredited you. That is a lie. God's mercies, beloved, are new every morning. As long as we are here, as long as we are breathing on the earth realm in this time, his mercies are new. So don't allow these letters and messages from the enemy to try to discredit you or tell you you're too young, you're too old, you're not educated enough, you don't have the goods. That is a lie. Every member of the body of Christ is necessary. And it's important that we honor all members of the body of Christ. We may have different opinions at at times, but what's important is that we bring everything back to the word of God and line it up. And if we do not agree, we go privately to our brother and sister and we try to reconcile. I believe it's so important because part of the call going out as the Lord is gathering the virgins, as he is seeking a bride, as we take this good news out, this invitation to those who are lost, an invitation to those who are in fear, it's important that there's a call to unity with our brothers and sisters, as it talks about in Psalm 133. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. You see, the enemy is using the same tactics, the same thing that he's used for years all throughout time. Jezebel sent forged letters to officials and plotted against Naboth. These spirits that plot behind the scenes that are trying to acquire a vineyard And make no mistake about it, the enemy has gained entrance into the places of God's vineyards and has distorted the word of God and has brought in the lying pen of the scribes who are handling the word of God falsely. We're talking about the fact that letters are written, they're being sent, But, beloved, if we are not in the word of God, if we are not measuring all things that we hear, 
by God's word, then we are in a place that we could be deceived. We need to understand, even as it was true in the times of Jeremiah, there was a man by the name of Shemaiah. He was a false prophet, and he sent letters to God's people, and the people were believing these letters, and Jeremiah reproved him, and God cut off that false prophet. When Nehemiah went to work and was building the wall, and they were making progress on the wall, Sanballat and his allies sent a letter to Nehemiah. You see, if God is God is using you in your family and you see that God is bringing your family into order, he's setting your business, your ministry in order, he's setting your relationships in order, and you're making progress and you're move, moving forward and you're seeking the Lord and there's work being done on the wall, the enemy will try to come in and will send letters to ridicule and mock you and say things like Sanballat did. Who do these feeble Jews think they are? So the ridicule comes. The mocking comes. Uh, it happened uh, in Nehemiah's time and during the time of Ezra. By the way, Ezra was a godly scribe. Uh, the adversaries of Israel were writing a letter of accusation against Jerusalem these letters of accusation are still coming. There is nothing new under the sun. And we know that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. But we also know what God's word said. They overcome the evil one by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, loving not their lives unto death. So, beloved, as we read God's word and we see patterns of how the enemy operates and how he is uh, trying to get God's people to turn back, to feel inadequate, to feel unloved or unworthy. And there is a false humility too, and I've seen this, and I pray that none of us would be guilty of this, where we would go around thinking, woe is me, I am nothing but a worm. You know what? Let's just face it and deal with the fact now. None of us in ourselves are worthy, all right? That's understood. But we don't have time to have pity parties, and we don't have time to engage in these little mind games that the enemy throws at us. Beloved, you just keep your focus on your assignment. You just keep doing what God told you to do. None of us are worthy in ourselves. We know that, but we must understand that the righteousness of God came to us through Jesus Christ. He who knew no sin, let's remember what the word says, he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. So you have the goods. If you have been born again, if you are born from above, all right, I trust and believe you're walking in obedience, that you do continually repent, that you have been baptized in water and in the spirit, that you are being obedient, and that the fruit of righteousness is growing in your life. And you are forgiving others. And Jesus is Lord of all. You're doing your best. You're endeavoring. You're persevering. You're carrying your cross. You're denying yourself. And you are, as much as possible, remaining steadfast in your faith. Then let me just tell you, you are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. And it's important that you understand that as we all get plenty of junk mail, we get email that goes into the 
spam folder. We get the junk mail. We get it in our mailbox. We get it online. Beloved, let's knock that stuff out and stop reading it and stop believing it because you have come into the kingdom for a time such as this. That's what Mordecai told Esther. He said, if you don't stand up and do something, deliverance may come somewhere else, from somewhere else, but this is your time. That's what Mordecai, who was like her dad, okay, he raised her. And so God's word is still speaking to us. There's a reason you live where you live, where you, where you work. And in your family, God had you born into that family, the children he gave you. There's a reason. These things are not uh, by coincidence. God has a plan. And he has confidence in the Holy Spirit in you, beloved. And he has put some living manna, living water, and treasure on the inside of you and me. You are his vessel, okay? You are that clay tablet that God is writing on. And as we read God's word and we understand what is going on, we're understanding we are coming to the end of this age. We want to run, okay? We want to be clothed with humility. We want the grace of God to run with an accurate word in God's timing as we contend to deliver the full counsel of God. And even as Mordecai would not bow to Haman because Haman wanted worship, okay? Just as the enemy wants worship. Just as these elitist um, rulers want worship. They want us to believe them, follow them, to cower to them. We have a choice. Are we going to listen to the voice of fear or not? No, God's not given us a spirit of fear. And Mordecai would not bow to Haman, okay? And let me just say that um, anyone who is um, working as, as Mordecai did with Esther, as they work together as a team, we need to understand the enemy is relentless. We need to be close to one another in the spirit, God will put people in our lives who we can pray with. If you are married, you can pray with your spouse, and I hope that you are praying with your spouse if you're married. And involved in a local fellowship, whether that be in a home, whether that be in another building, certainly the days are coming when the persecution increases. I believe there'll be more and more gatherings in homes. I trust and pray that you are already praying about that, because God is uh, divinely uh, connecting people together. If you and I can identify the source of those letters and things that we are receiving, then we'll be quick to know to pull down every evil thought, anything someone tells us, delivers to us, knocks on our door, sends via email, text messaging, in slow mail. There's just so much junk that we have to learn to throw out, beloved, because we need to understand the distraction and, and the deception is so great right now. As we come before the Lord day by day and offer ourselves, our lives as an, um, a sacrifice, holy and acceptable to him, asking him, Father, what is it that I am to read today? What is it that you would have me listen to today? Who is it that I am to talk to today? And ask him to help you sort through this and so that we have a balance of time in God's word and a balance of also being informed because the call is not only going out, 
for people to be saved. Because, beloved, primarily, Jesus is, is wanting the church to remember that great commission, the call to evangelism, a call to fellowship, a call to unity, which is as much as possible with our brothers and sisters in Christ, a call to seek the Lord while he may be found, a call to return to our first love. The church of Ephesus had lost their first love, a call to worship in spirit and truth. And you know, Jesus is not impressed with loud prayers, long prayers that are done to be heard and seen by men. He hears the fervency and the cry of the heart. That's worship in spirit and truth because true worship is a cry of the heart. And in intercession and in praying, they don't have to be long. Right to the point like arrows that hit the target every time, beloved. God is not impressed with the lengths of what we pray. He's impressed by the intensity and our heart in the prayers that we pray. Okay? And there's a call to cleansing. We all know that. Um, A call to purity. A call to measure everything by the word of God uh, and the full counsel of God. A call to watch out for deception because, again, these distractions and deception is uh, growing increasingly subtle. And we're all warned in the word of God. Uh, let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. And so there was asking the Father to clothe us with a garment of humility that if any pride or arrogance or haughtiness or ego tries to come in and think we are greater than we really are, like Haman was magnificent in his own eyes because of his position. Uh, again, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So a call to humility, beloved, I believe that humility is key to seeing and hearing accurately. A call to servanthood. Again, um, even in the book of Joshua, uh, God recorded in his book, uh, choose you this day whom you will serve. Will you serve self and what self thinks it is entitled to? Will you run when God didn't tell you to run? Uh, Or do you have the restraint and the discipline and the seasoning and the maturity upon your life to say, Father, I am not going to go unless you send me. And I am not going to speak unless you tell me to. And I don't want to speak my own opinion, Father. I want to speak what you give me to speak. And it's a call, beloved, to make disciples. And we cannot make disciples unless we are, in fact, first a disciple ourselves. And it is a call to accountability. And so messages that God is sending out, I believe these things are consistent with with the word of God. It's a, a call to accountability. Accountability to each other. No man is an island. There's no such thing as a lone ranger in the body of Christ. We are members of one another. We're accountable to each other and to the word of God. All of us must remain teachable, correctable, a call to eternal kingdom purposes. Beloved, there's nothing wrong with having a hobby or a sport or taking a rest time or a vacation. I believe it's important 
to have times that we rest. But now is not the time to spend a great majority of our time with non-kingdom purposes. The time is short. The window of our opportunity may pass very quickly because none of us knows what tomorrow holds. And so if we can keep eternity in our hearts and understand and know that there are only two kinds of people that we will meet or talk to when we step out of the door tomorrow, one will be one that is not ready to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. They are not yet born again. And then there will be others who maybe are born again, but their faith is wavering and they're listening to the lies of the enemy because they've been reading the enemy's mail. And so by the grace of God, I pray God would give each of us the patience and the perception to discern what it is that we should speak and not only speak, sometimes just listen. And if we don't know the answer, we'll say that. You know, I don't know, but let's seek the Lord about it. It's a call to instant obedience. When the Lord speaks it, rather than procrastinate and say, well, I'll get to it later. Beloved, you and I both understand a sense of urgency when the Lord will speak to us and say, this is something we need to take care of right now. But there is also other things and other projects that can wait. I pray that our Father would give all of us the wisdom and the knowledge of what is prominent and foremost in his mind and thinking, and that we could, in fact, deliver those messages, those letters, and do what it is that he's called us to do and not compare ourselves to others because that also can become a trap. And it is a call, an increasing call, as the days and the months unfold, a call to endure persecution. And we've talked about this so many times, beloved. You know, the the devil has access to the nobles as well as the common people. We see that in the book of Esther, Haman's influence came into the banquet of wine. So we know that he's entered the Pentecostal realm. We know that uh, the enemy uh, has found his way through with the leaven and the corruption that he brings with him. But we also know that he's no match for the Lord Jesus Christ. We also know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And also, it's interesting as we read all that book and go back and I suggest you go back and look at that. The house of Haman actually was given to Esther the bride. Haman and his sons were hung on the gallows that he built to kill Mordecai and God's people. And you see, the enemy and his seed are already judged by the decree of the king. I'm going to say that again because I think we need to hear it. The enemy and his seed are already judged by the decree of the king. God spoke it in Genesis chapter 3. So we might hear of plans of the enemy and the serpent seed and the wicked one, but we need to understand that God said they're already judged, and Haman and his sons were hung on the gallows that he built to kill Mordecai and God's people. And the house of Haman was given to Esther the bride. God promises that we, 
those who belong to Christ, who are hidden in Christ, who have been born from above, will possess the gates of the enemy and spoil his house because of what King Jesus has done for us. And Mordecai was promoted. He was given the king's ring, and that's a signet ring. It was a symbol of authority, and it was for sealing royal documents. And Mordecai, as we know, sent letters in the king's name and was dressed in royal apparel, as was the queen, Esther, who was selected. And after times of testing, we see in God's word that those who have been proven to be faithful and obedient are promoted. And the Lord is exposing Haman's gallows. The Lord is exposing and uncovering the plots of the enemy. And that Hebrew word gallows, by the way, means tree. It's plural, wooden planks. And that means stake to which a criminal was fastened, okay? And so these were constructed of wood. And wood in scripture is symbolic of humanity, trees. And so that shows us the enemy gathers people to do his bidding, who devise these plans and traps and snares and influences that are designed to cut off the true ministry of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord is uncovering Haman's plans, which are built in the structure of religious Babylon. Now, we know these edicts of Haman, uh, In the day in which we live, the enemy's edicts, laws, and letters that are being sent out by him on television, online, through the words of people, these are religious, political, and governmental edicts. But, beloved, I have good news for you tonight. Our God has not changed. Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. And as the Lord continues to uncover Haman's plans, which are built in the structure of religious Babylon, of politics, and government, we understand and we recognize that the spirit of Haman still desires to exalt itself. It still desires to sit above the people. And when we see the abominations of the harlot that are in fact Uh, active today, we know that this includes another Jesus, another spirit, and another gospel. And within this system are hirelings and wolves and the Nicolaitans who teach and practice spiritual adultery and idolatry. The enemy is enticing people through a trap of, of seduction. And the ministers whether they call themselves ministers of the church or ministers of the people and the governments they have constructed, they set themselves above the others and their personal ambition causes them to take titles unto themselves and they build themselves a city, a tower, and a name. Sounds like Genesis 11, doesn't it, beloved? Like Haman, This spirit engages in competition, and it's seeking influence over others and worship by the people, and it utilizes fear. And if the people swallow the bait of fear, if they are afraid 
they will demand a solution. And they're going to get it when Antichrist takes his place. And if people are afraid and give place to the spirit of fear, they will be willing to give up their rights and their freedoms. But God told his people, take up the sword of the spirit. He told them in the Old Testament, take up the sword. And he's telling the same people, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Beloved, the strongholds in the mind have got to come down. You are more than an overcomer through Christ who strengthened you. You are his called. You are his chosen. You are his elect. And you have come into the kingdom for a time such as this. And God has prepared you, my brothers and sisters. God has tempered you. He has allowed you to endure and partake of the bitter things like the oil of myrrh that Esther had to take part of. But there's another thing, too, that God is doing in your life. He's adding some spices and a beautiful fragrance. And the anointing oil in you is springing up. And it's obvious when people are around you. They can't explain it, but it's the oil of the Holy Spirit, the anointing, the fragrance, the sweetness of Christ that is coming out of your mouth, through your nature, upon your countenance, because you've been abiding in the vine, beloved. We need to understand that Jesus is the greater one. We need to understand that the Holy Spirit within you and I will give us God's perspective and we will see above like the watchman who sat upon the watchtower. He sees these different messengers running because he sits in a higher place, okay? And so even though witchcraft may be flourishing under Haman's influence, even though it seeks to control, even though it appeals to people's emotions, even though it seduces them and it utilizes guilt, to provoke them into giving allegiance to their laws and doctrines by imposing restrictions upon them, we need to understand that the spirit of the living God within us is greater than he that is in the world. And I want to just at the conclusion now, one more time, make this announcement to my sisters. Perhaps some of you have joined us later. If you would like to join me this coming Saturday, I would love to meet you at a women's conference on Saturday, March 25th. Write to me at a word in due season, 777 at gmail.com. And I look forward to seeing you ladies then. I look forward to meeting every one of you one day on the other side of the veil. And I look forward and I trust that we will see one another in that cloud of witnesses. For beloved indeed, he comes in the clouds. And the word of God reminds us, O ye men of Jerusalem, why are you gazing up to the heavens? This same Jesus who was taken up in like manner shall return the same way. Beloved, there is a cloud of witnesses that is watching now and if we could only see from God's perspective, let's ask him for his perspective. Can we do that? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this night. I thank you for your precious word. I thank you 
for the time you have given us. We give all glory and honor and praise to you, and I thank you, sir, for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Powerful message and awesome message and very encouraging. Hallelujah. And one that we all really do need to embrace right now because we're getting pummeled, um, you know, with uh, progression. And, you know, I've had I have these conversations with my sisters and many, many, many people, many, many, many people. And there's an awful lot of people that believe or think that they're going to be able to pray away the book of Revelation, that they believe they're going to be able to pray away, um, you know, the Olivet Discourse, uh, even though. Reading the Olivet Discourse right now, Luke, you know, Matthew 24, Luke 21, and Mark 13 is like reading a newspaper. And every single thing that's happening right now is straight out of the Bible. And God hasn't stopped any of it. Our Heavenly Father has not stopped the central bank digital currencies. He has not stopped and has no sh- shown no sign of stopping, uh, you know, the things that are happening all over the world, the collapse of the banks. They're predicting 187 banks to collapse by the end of the year. All these things are in the Bible. All these things are in the seals of the book of Revelation. And I have so many folks that are like, you know, they get scared, you know, and I, I love that, you know, that you bring forward the the message of hope and help people understand because it's going to happen whether we like it or not. The darkness rises at the same time that the bride of Jesus Christ rises. It's the darkness rising. It's the LGBT LMNOP. It's the drag queens doing horrible things in front of children. These are the things that energize the Church of Jesus Christ. So what happens is, as the dark, by the way, this is prophesied by hundreds of people, as the darkness, and it's in the Bible, Isaiah 61 through two, 3, that's part of it, but there's other places. But the darkness rises, and that darkness rising causes the bride to rise up. And so it, 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 they, they go together. And and God uses Satan to you know awaken awaken the church praise God and so it's it's what it's so important that people understand and I praise God for your for your calling it's so important for people to understand that this isn't like you know our natural fleshy inclination is to go oh no this is terrible but in reality. You know, if folks would embrace the teaching that you just shared and understand who we are in Christ and seek God with all of our heart and understand, but also not also understand that we do, we have an obligation also to be obedient. It's not automatic. It's not automatic. Um, You know, again, that's why Jesus said in Revelation chapter three, he said, I will vomit the lukewarm out of his out of my mouth. That's not in it that, you know, there are, you've got the tribulation saints, you've got the, God help them. You've, you, there's dispositions, if you will, of different saints at different times in the end times. And the only ones who have the potential option by the choices that they make, by being obedient to the Lord, by seeking him and falling in love with him, all th- these things are not automatic for everybody and they don't automatically get a ticket 
to, you know, to go in, you know, to make the rapture. To, you know, even if you're a believer in the first rapture, Ephesians 5.27 is very clear. It says that Jesus Christ is coming for a church that, that is, you know, that has not a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she should be holy and without a blemish. Um, so we know... You know, we know, you know, First Peter 4, 7 says, if a righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the sinner and the ungodly be? So, we, you know, it's it. Yes, all these things are offered to us, provided to us by the blood of Jesus Christ on that cross. But it doesn't go without an obligation on our part to examine ourselves, examine our behaviors. If we've got behaviors that don't belong in our lives, we've got to work with the Lord and get them, get rid of them. You know, if you're sitting there watching porn every single night, you're not making a rapture. I'm sorry. I'm just going to tell you straight up. You're not making it. You're not going to make it. You're going to go through hell on earth. That is a fact. You will have to face refiner's fire that is horrible. And you have this awesome opportunity to grasp and embrace the encouragement that Sister Terry taught tonight now. Because as she said, as long as we're on this earth, and she's right, we have a precious, merciful, loving God that wants every single one of us to get out of here before these really bad things start to happen. And God has shown, let's face it, let's be real. Let's not deceive ourselves. God has shown absolutely no sign, not one, that he is about to or going to stop since the pandemic was released. The pandemic was released from Fort Detrick and the, and the Pentagon. Okay, God has shown no respite. He has not relented. There has been tens of thousands of Christians gathering and praying for Donald Trump and all this other stuff. And guess what? Nothing. That is a sign from the throne room that God has lifted his hand of protection off of the earth at this time. Now, not off of his saints. Got to be careful with that. Not off of us. We are being protected. That's why there are entire churches in some cases that have taken the vax and they're not suffering. And people will be like, because it says Mark 16, 16, 17, and 18, they will drink anything. They will uh, drink anything deadly, deadly and it will by, by no means hurt them. The point in Luke 10 verse 19 says that essentially the same thing. So, but the drink, the word drink really means to ingest. So if you look at the Greek, it's, reflective, if you will, of the viper that bit the hand of Paul when God. When we are immersed in Jesus and we are seeking him with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, these things are not automatic. We have we do have an obligation to be obedient to the Bible, to be obedient to God, and to seek him with all of our heart. And and that is, we must not coast through our this beautiful offering that Jesus has given to us through his suffering, thinking that we just automatically get stuff. Because, you know, maybe if you're cold, maybe, it, you know, if you're hot for Christ, as it says in the Church of Laodicea, in the report card of Laodicea, if you're hot, you're good to go. If you're on fire for Jesus, you're good to go. And if you're on fire for Jesus, you are also seeking him. 
You love him. You love the Father. You want to be obedient. You read your word. You dwell in the secret place of the Most High. But if you're coasting along and you just think it's all going to happen automatically, you're going to suffer. You're going to get refined. You're going to miss the first evacuation mission off this earth. And that, please don't make that mistake. Because once these central bank digital currencies go into effect, and they already have the FedNow system in place for July, that is their scheduled go-live date, now, whether they make that or not is up to the Father. But it's all in place. The sensors are in place at the Walmarts. They have a lot of Walmarts they still got to do. God might stop things. He might delay things. He, you know, we've got the, the, the message about you know, uh, the, you know, the uh, priest of Baal. Our Heavenly Father loves to humiliate the enemy. But keep in mind, since 2019, when the, when that impossible four three four biblical blood moon impossible ev- series of blood moon events ended, it ended in January of 2019, and it was the greatest, the greatest bar none biblical blood moon pattern that has ever existed since Genesis. And it ended in 2019. And immediately after that, the pandemic was released. And we know it was a bioweapon from Fort Detrick. And we know that God did not stop it. It was the greatest judgment on the earth that God has allowed since the flood. We have to know these things. We have to be ready. And we have to really seek God with all of our heart. It's not automatic. It requires us. Now, to Terry's point, she's absolutely right. If you're a baby Christian, well, you're probably not going to make the, the you know the, the wise virgins because you're still a baby. But that doesn't mean that God's going to like completely. And by the way, just so you know, in Matthew 22, it has two different groups. There's two different groups referred to in Matthew 22 in the parable, and, and, you know, the wedding feast or whatever. Uh, and, and the king sends out the first group of servants, and then he sends out other servants. The other servants are the second group, and those servants go out and they get the good and the bad, and they become the guests at the wedding supper. It's right there like a newspaper, clear as a bell. So it's real, real important, folks, with all the things. We have not seen God hamper, delay, impede in any manner, in no manner whatsoever. Our Heavenly Father, now remember, until he that restrains is taken out of the way. Well, our Father is not currently restraining anything except to protect his people as he has promised. But all the works of the devil are proceeding forward at incredible speed. And so what does that say? Now is the time. We can't fool around. We've got to get on our knees. We've got to do what the Bible says. We've got to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Examine ourselves. Seek God. Ask him, what do I got to do? How do I got to change? Reveal my sin before me. Do not let me suffer from presumptuous sin, as it says, in the, in the, in, in, and have a you know, major offense against our Heavenly Father, which is in the um, Psalms chapter 1. We need to understand 
these things. We need to understand why 2 Corinthians 7.1 says, Now knowing these things, brethren, let us cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. This is vitally important for us now, if we, unless we want to go through additional refining. And so take the message of encouragement from Terry very seriously right now, because she's absolutely right. These, all these things are offered to us now because we are here now. And what a better time. Look, think about the people that lived in the 1920s, the 1930s, the 19. They didn't have the benefit of end times events being right in their face to know what we know now. And now is the time. It's not about being the fig tree generation, folks. We're it. Praise God. And it's an awesome, awesome privilege to be aware of these things so that we can really throw ourselves toward our Lord as we should have probably a long time ago. Praise Jesus. And anyway, so thank you, Sister Terry. Take the whole message tonight, combine it together, let it be a motivation to you to not be discouraged. Seek God with all of your heart because, folks, Things are bubbling up all over the place, and we haven't seen not one thing be stopped by our Father, not one. That's a very serious sign that we are very deep in the end times and getting real close. God bless you all. Thank you, Sister Terry, for joining us tonight. God bless you all. you got time. Be encouraged. Praise Jesus. Seek him with all of your heart. Prayer is everything. Hallelujah. And God bless you all. We will see you Wednesday, 7 p.m., Lord willing. Thank you, Terry.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.